Welcome to Kilts and Culture with USA Kilts. We're here to talk about all things Highland dress, the cultures and the heritage that created it, and how to enjoy the kilt in the 21st century. From tartan and trues to haggis and history, we cover it all. So sit back, grab your beverage of choice, and enjoy the show. Howdy, boys and girls. Welcome to Kilts and Culture. I am Rocky. This is Eric. Yo, yo. Today, special treat. We have, uh, just like every week, or month, whatever, however often we do this. Mm-hmm. Um, our good friend Doug Carl brought us some a couple different scotches. Uh, this is the first one that we're going to try. The Scotch Malt Whiskey Society uh, established uh, the Volts Leith Scotland. Well, no. Um, this is their Dueling Banjos dr- Dram. So hmm. I'm, I'm very curious about this. Um, yeah, so we're going to give this a go today. Um, Mr. Mack, while I start opening this up with my blind self, why don't you uh, give us some of the notes there on Dueling Banjos. On Dueling Banjos Dram. The unreduced nose had a definite kick. Burning driftwood by boat sheds, canvas and leather like a le- like a straitjacket, and suckling salty smoke over oyster shells in a hookah pipe. That is pretty obscure. Specifically mm-hmm. a hookah pipe. It specifically says a hookah pipe. And a straight jacket. And a straight jacket. I think somebody's trying to be a little bit too clever. I think someone needs a straight jacket for that description. Aren't we a clever boots? There's a lot of flavors as I say in here. There's, so there's, we got some honey, we got some pear, we got some citrus, we got some vanilla, we got some lime pickle, we've got some cold dust. Lime pickle? Cold lime, dust. Cold dust. Cold dust, lime pickle? He thinks um, thou doth protest too um, much. Okay, this is going to be yours. Yeah, okay, yeah, okay. Mr. Oh. Mack, if you would come get your uh, come get your pickle juice or whatever this thing is here. It's a your it's coal a, dust pickle. Chewing on a straight jacket. I'm still on that. It's very, very, very light. I'm just imagining color wise. I, I can't get the image of somebody like trying to gnaw their way out of a straight jacket now. You know what? This would make a great scotch. <laughs> These leather straps. Hmm. They restrain so well. Um, yeah, there's still all kinds of other notes on here as well. It keeps going. Yeah. Uh, okay. Offering a big, sweet, nutty smoke, licorice, toffee, and dark chocolate. Did they just play, like, Scotch Scrabble? <laughs> and, like, just mix up the bowl yeah. with all the words? It's like the, it's a random, random tasting notes generator. But tastier than expected, fruity flavors swirling around in a briny, oily puddle... In Chipotle and Tabasco, tingling way away in the mouth. This better be <laughs> damn good. I, I will, I will fly to Scotland and I will slap that writer. This well. is not the most amazing thing I've ever. All right. So, what color would you say that is? Oh, I would rather not say. It's it's like, it's watered down Bud Light. That's <laughs> that's not well, where according- my brain went. According to the sheet, the the official color is moon pool. Moon pool. Moon pool. I don't remember seeing that in my Pantone list uh, in school, but it's not it's not showing up as well as I'd like it to on the camera. There, here, let me do this. I'm gonna hold up against a white background, and this is light. This is really really light color. This is making jokes about American beer color, if you get my meaning. Yeah, it's. Mm-hmm. 
recycled beer. <laughs> all, right. Oh, all right. Okay. There we go. Indeed. All right. Give it Not a shot. It. Very, very woody. Very burny. It's got a bit of a burn. Yeah. It's super sweet. Yeah, it was like sweet. up the sweetness? Sweetie fruity yeah. to begin with. And then she comes. Um, yeah. Like, the description's kind of she right. She around the mountain. <laughs> I can taste the coal dust. It's. Hmm. It, it tastes like Scranton in central Pennsylvania. Mm. Um, like a Centralia mine fire. Oh. In your mouth. <laughs> You're not wrong. For those that don't know, Centralia is a town in Pennsylvania that's been on fire forever under the ground. Mm -hmm. um, yep. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, man. Yeah. It's like sugar and then burn. <laughs> I'm having trouble picking up other... Is, is that a new band? Burn, sugar, burn. <laughs> like Coal-fire and burn, band. oh, burn, sugar, burn. We're obviously in a very serious, studious mood today, everyone. So. I was trying to be... All, like, I was... Yeah, I had high hopes for this. I thought it was going to be like, you know, very, you know, I don't know, very good and I'm studious. And I'm just confused by it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't get, I'm not, all, the, the burn, I'm going to water it because the burn is, yeah. I'm not getting any of these yeah. amazing bajillion different tasting notes that they're trying to tell me are there. All right. I want to like I do a dramatic reading more. of those tasting notes. I want to put on like a powdered wig. As William stand Shat up at a As William Shatner. Oh, we could do that it's too. That'd be good. The cigarette. You're not gonna do this Christopher Walken? Like a coal mine <laughs> on fire. Yeah, I can't do Shatner. I really can't. You just have to pause at random spots hmm. in the sentence, Eric. It's a breathiness that does it too. It does. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you do Christopher Walken as well. I don't know. No, I'm done. All right. It's still burning. <coughs> smooth. <laughs> smooth. <coughs> I'm going to add a little bit Pardon more. Me. I'm going to make it like a, a scotch like cocktail. A shandy. <laughs> yeah. Mac, what are your what are your thoughts on the uh, on the flavor profiles there? Not just the scent. <coughs> the um you're really loving it, huh? <laughs> it's not my day, dude. Guess I'm a lightweight. I don't know. I like this, I, but I have a sweet tooth. I like the sweet beginning. As do I. I have a but sweet it's tooth definitely thing. a. It is a coming in hard at the end, though. Yeah, it's. Yeah, I'm feeling it all the way down. And I think adding the water actually lessened the sweet a little bit. Well, yeah, that would stand a reason, right? <laughs> Jonathan King put like a like a fine charcoal. <laughs> it's a lot of charcoal and a lot of smoke. Okay, I finally added enough water, so I can taste I can taste some other things. But I had, I put in more water than I've ever put in before. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. not recommended in general. So now I'm getting the iodine flavor that they want to call is coal dust. Okay, I'm not. I never really paid any attention to the nose, to be honest. Do you have the proof there? Uh, some, are, some are asking what the proof is. Proof is 60.8%. So that's 120 proof. So that is yeah. a bit high. That's a bit nuts. That's okay. That's a very good observation, people out there. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's damn. 60.8? <laughs> 
Go easy there, Chief. <laughs> this is going to be this, this show be interesting. Stay around for the second half of the show. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. I don't. Burning drip. Do you get anything from sheds, the nose like they're talking about? Because I'm just like. I just smell alcohol. Yeah. It's. I'm just smelling alcohol. Okay, a little bit of. A little bit of the tannins, but. Yeah, they went over the rainbow. It's there. There is a, there is a, a certain point in the arc where it's ideal. Um, this is down the other side and around the bend, and it's the. Uh, ooh, man. I'm still feeling the burn. Yeah. Like, is there? I need, I need is to there water rule, down the stuff I've drank so far. Is there a rule that there's an inverse uh, proportion between how flowery the tasting notes on a scotch are and how good it is? Because remember, Grandpa's. For those of you who weren't with us, in Grandpa. Last month, Grandpa <laughs> stills Celtic whiskey moonshine, and his tasting notes were just like simple to the point and dead on. Well, and now is... we have like. Leathery undergarments from the Hundred Years' War, <laughs> combined with a burning shed yeah, by so. the ocean. Um, Your grandmother's Celt collection. Kelp, yeah. Kelp collection. Kelp collection. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. This is. Uh, I'm going to drink it, out of respect to our friend who gave it to us. But Doug, don't do this to me again. <laughs> I'm hoping the other one's better. The. Uh, uh, we have another one back there. Yeah, somewhere. no, no, no offense meant yeah. to the, the gift yeah, at yeah, all. Yeah. And if we're anybody, li yeah, if anybody likes this out there, and tell us why, tell us what we're missing. Tell us what I mean, the I'll hell's it, wrong with you. I'll <laughs> let it. I'll let this breathe, and you know, maybe a half hour from now, I'll like it better. Yeah, but that's fair. Maybe if some of the alcohol evaporates not, us a little bit. You did not let the you did not let the bottle rest this time. I, you use this. Yeah, you know, cold yeah, open. Yeah, yeah. I know. So I did it for the gram, son. Yeah. It's uh, <laughs> like the guy the, jumping uh, in the schoolgirl. Yeah, idiots. Um, but the uh, yeah, I'm gonna pour a little bit more and I'll I'll let it rest. We'll see. Yeah. Well, I'll finish this first, then I'll do that. The um, oh, it's gonna hurt. This is sweet and burning. This is like coming in, coming in from splitting wood or getting the wood in, in a cold morning, and just needing to wake yourself up. And, yeah, wake type up in thing. the morning, boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't wake you up in the morning, boy. <laughs> you know, I'm actually looking forward to firing up my wood stove for the first time this year. Mm -hmm. So the summer has just been so brutal here. I am actually ready for winter. <laughs> that sip wasn't too bad. I wasn't yeah. getting the at the end kind of okay. there. It's. Okay. I think. I think it'll mellow out. I think it will. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Water, water helped. Water, a good amount of water helped. Water, it's it's a small <laughs> pool, but uh, all right. But we gotta rate it. We gotta go. You know, we can't. Oh, right. We can't let it. I'm ready to move on. I know. I know. <laughs> I'm already out of here, <laughs> we man. Can't let it sit forever and and judge it based on that. We can add a secondary rating later if we if we change our minds because mm -hmm. open it up or whatever. Um, Mac, one to ten. What are we rating? The Scotch Malt Whiskey Society Dueling Banjos. Now, in fairness, if I'm thinking Dueling Banjos, I'm thinking like Moonshine. I'm thinking like Backwoods. I'm thinking Bernie Alcohol. It does hit those high things. Percentage. Yeah, yeah. It, it falls in line with that, maybe. But so, that is that pleasurable? That's. I didn't question. say it's good. I yeah. said it's. I'm thinking <laughs> yeah. about it. Yeah. So Mac, what are your thoughts? Score one to ten. I. 
my my initial the initial out of the bottle having it right away was a, was I like the sweetness, but I didn't like the the harshness at the end. So my initial out of the bottle was was like a two point seven. Mm. The water adding to it, I felt the sweetness had gone away that that I liked, but the 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 burn had gone away as well. So I'm only gonna bring it up a little bit to. A three point four. Okay, so three point four final resting mm-hmm. score. Mm-hmm. All right, Mr. Mm-hmm. Eric. I was gonna say like three point seven or three point eight. Three point eight. Um, the only thing that saves it for me is I could see it as a ingredient in a very restorative hot toddy. I okay. would, I would, okay. I would mix okay. this with a fair amount of honey and uh, or maple syrup and uh, tea Bengal whatever. Bengal spice tea, okay. and that would that would be good for your chest on a cold okay. day. Um, it, I don't get like the the full sinus clearing that mm. I would that I would, uh, that I would want for mm. like in front. You know, you've you've shoveled snow for two hours and you come in and you're you're cold and chilled to the bone and you just need a little nip. Um, I don't get the the head clearingness from this. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm I'm roundabout where you guys are. I'm gonna give it a, a firm three six. Um, I reserve the right to change my mind later after we let it rest and, you know, kind of gas off a little bit, but I'm at about a 3.6. Is that where we... Where did we rate the smokehead? Do you remember? That was a long time ago. <sighs> smokehead was, was low. It was super it was low. low. That was, like, the worst thing ever. Yeah. It was, it was like, this it was too like, much. It was over the rainbow, yeah. down the road. Yeah. It was... Yeah, that I mean, was bad. This is, this is, like, either... I think Smokehead was in the twos. Yeah, so this is like yeah. our second worst rating. I'm suspecting this might be our second worst rating. Yeah, ever. it's it's going to be close. Yeah, it's so. I will say this: we appreciate the gift. What this is an example of is we're going to be honest. We are going to give you our actual thoughts. So please don't take offense. We do still appreciate the fact that uh, you know you guys send us random things to try on the show sometimes we love it sometimes we don't mm-hmm. it is what it is um okay that being said boys and girls throw in all your questions whatever questions comments you know whatever you have for us we will happily answer you as honestly as possible as honest as we are about this scotch um mr eric while they're loading in questions and mac is controlling the boards over there um with our good friend adam why don't you jump in and give us a question okay uh, okay. Great question. <laughs> yes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump right to this one at the top of my list. Ellie Steele, just this morning, asked us, do you have any idea behind the Gordon clan's Blue Gordon Tartan? One side of my family are Gordons, and I know the clan Tartans, which says pretty well, except for Gordon Blue. I can't find much information online, so I thought I'd ask you guys. Thanks. <clears throat> Gordon Blue is a little bit of a weird one. Um... I knew that Lockheran, you know, as far as stock supporting, Lockheran was the only mill that offered Gordon Blue as a tartan offering. Um, and I was like, huh, I've never like researched it. So, I have notes. I'm prepared. Ta-da. Um, <clears throat> I looked it up at the tartan register. I just searched on Gordon, went through the whole thing, and there is no Gordon Blue in the register. 
The tartan that I think it is, it's essentially the same thing, but they're missing the, Lockaren is missing the two black guards on the yellow stripe, um, is called Gordon, or Robert Gordon University. Hmm. <clears throat> so it is a Gordon-esque, we'll call it. Um, Gordon-esque. Gordon-esque. Um, I'm going to read you the notes, and I'm going to, there's a reason why, so stick with me. Designed by Mike King of Philip King Kiltmakers in Aberdeen, in July 2007, a photograph was, of the tartan was sent in for identification. The tartan having been bought many years ago in Langholm from the Edinburgh Woolen Mill as a scarf. That photo is clearly of this tartan, which could place in doubt its current attribution. <clears throat> I'm going to point something out. The This is kind of a living, breathing, evolving thing. So... The tartan is recorded in the register. It is not Gordon Blue in the register, as as Lockharen calls it, but it is what the heck's it called again? Um, Robert Gordon University. <clears throat> hmm. Now, in fairness to the Scottish tartan register, it was actually recorded back in '97, so that would have been the STA, the Scottish Tartans Authority, as well as the Scottish World Tartan Register, um, and it, it's one of those where there's no clear easy to point to origin of it there are there are some things that are kind of they, they come in it in a weird way where it's not i don't even really know where i'm going with it it's just it's not exactly what it's called but it ends up being called something or kind of loosely lumped into a clan the uh and that's it's just the evolution of it and it, it goes it speaks to the the, the misty origins, if you will, of many of the tartans. And hmm. the 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 effort after the fact, through Tika, through the STA, through the SDWR, um, to kind of catalog the things that are out there and for posterity and for going forward. Um, we talked about this briefly. What were the other things we talked about? Yeah, I think basically uh, your, your main reaction earlier was that there's a there's a, a propensity for people to come up with new tartans for commercial reasons to slap a clan name on them for whatever reason. Either they think the design looks similar to an existing clan tartan, or they think that they can borrow some cachet by using a clan name. That's the main thing I remember yeah. from our discussion. Yeah, it's it's one of those where the uh, tartans exist it now, or plaids, or generic, or universal, whatever you want to call them, um, fashion tartans, if you will, mm -hmm. and some companies will come out with it and don't want to register it but the tartan registers job is to kind of find those and has historically been to find those and catalog them for you know time memoriam right now the the issue that i personally take with it is in a company using a clan name and then associating that with a tartan that they've just kind of made up um one one example i'll give is the uh hamilton gray it's tartan that's generally woven in Pakistan, and I'm not, this isn't bashing Pakistan, it's bashing the process, where somebody said, okay, we have to give it a name. What do we call this? So instead of calling it, it's the, the Hamilton Gray tartan, as it is shown, which unfortunately we don't have a picture here, we'll put one in later, here. Um, the, the Hamilton Gray is a black and gray tartan that is generally woven in Pakistan, and they just gave it that name. There's no real rhyme or reason. It kind of has a has the Hamilton set, but it's not yeah. the Hamilton tartan. It's not been officially blessed by the the clan chief of Clan Hamilton, um, but it is 
a, a tartan that now exists and it's been given the name Hamilton, but it's not a real Hamilton tartan. Um, this is where I have a problem. If you call it, you know, Grey Spirit of Scotland or the Grey Spirit or Misty Scottish Isle or something, and you want to have a marketing name and attribute a marketing type Scottish feel name to it, that's fine. Marketing exists. And we have our own tartans that we market. Um, you yeah. know, the, the uh, Sterling tartan, which is, you know, silver color, silver shades kind mm -hmm. of thing. Um, so that's fine. That exists. But there's a more honorable way to do it than trying to lump it onto a clan name that's existing that it has nothing to do with that particular clan name. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I get the impression that a lot of time they're... Uh... They are trying to start with a, a known set as the basis of their inspiration, and they change it, and they keep changing it, and they change it so much that, like, this, this the Gordon Blue one, I, I wouldn't recognize that as Gordon if I saw it anywhere. You know? No. I mean, so it's, it's I think I think probably, uh, to give them the benefit of the doubt, I think a lot of time they are starting with some clan tartan they like the look of and then tweaking it. And there's an old tradition of people tweaking uh, older tartans to create new tartans, and those sometimes have become clan tartans in the past. Everything you know? is Blackwatch. Yeah, yeah, seriously. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just that it's yeah. I mean, just once it, it, it once you once you've separated it by like five or six or a million degrees, you gotta give it a different name. Yeah, I agree. Exactly. There's yeah. there's honoring an existing tartan and tweaking it and then putting the name in to you know kind of you know as a nod towards the name or in the explanation of the tartan. That's fine, but just utilizing the clan name seemingly for no other reason other than marketing purposes or just to give it a name, yeah. it, it does a disservice. It, it cheapens, it waters down the heritage. It mm -hmm. waters down the Hamilton tartans that exist mm -hmm. because that isn't really a Hamilton tartan. Mm -hmm. um, the same kind of thing, and, I'm, I'm, and I'll, I'll beat up you know, Lock Karen a little bit, and I don't know the full backstory of it, um, but it's one of those where it's like, why it's not a real, officially blessed Gordon Tartan. So I'm, I'm confused why it exists. Um, mm -hmm. As I said, Lockheron's the only mill that carries it. Um, so I don't know. It's it, it's a weird it's, one. It's a nice looking Tartan. It's not yeah. really exciting, but it's, you know, the, the color palette is kind of nice. Yeah. So, yeah, I think, uh, I don't I don't know where the, the name on the registry came from. I mean, university implies that it came from some school or something or maybe the scarf that the photograph was taken of came from a university yeah i mean it's kind of like or maybe phil king designed it for or michael king whoever it was um designed it for the university or used it from the university or know. registered it because know. he was a scarf that somebody bought at the university at some point there may be a non-nefarious reason why it was recorded as such um why la karen doesn't sell it as that but they sell it as gordon blue don't know. Um, well, I could guess. If they call it university, people might think it was associated with a school and they wouldn't want that association. Fair. Fair point. They'd be afraid, oh, well, I'm not from that school. I guess I can't really buy that. Yeah, but why would they weave it then? Because it looks nice. Eh. It's not their usual MO, though. Okay. Well, so. call, call them up and ask. I will. I mean, the, the, the exception is that sometimes through wanton usage, as you put it, uh, sometimes an oddball tartan will wind up becoming a de facto official tartan, right? Yeah. It's, it can exist, like the uh, the Irish tartans, the Irish, Irish national tartan. There's you know the some of the Welsh ones. It's through want and usage. W O N T, want and usage. Something becomes Desire. official. Um, 
the military targets, you know, the U.S. Army, U.S. Navy, U.S. Marines, um, Coast Guard, you know, Air Force, all of them. The, those tartans exist, and they, none of them are official. But because they are used, and people use it as a symbol of their, you know, service to the, you know, to the, to the armed forces, um, they've kind of over time become unofficially official. Mm -hmm. There's no, right. like, second Air Force tartan or second Army tartan. It's just the Army tartan, and those in the Army know what it looks like if you want to wear a kill. Yeah. So pretty much, indeed. I, so think, I think that the, answers the question. Yeah, I think the bottom line is, uh, if what was it Ellie, 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 if you really love that tartan and you want to wear it, there's no reason not to. I would just be circumspect about telling people it's a clan tartan, which I think you're already on that yeah. page. So, well, I you know. I think she would be safe as an individual. <clears throat> a calling it Gordon Blue because that's what Lockharen calls it. Mm -hmm. So I'd say this is the Gordon Blue tartan if someone asked me. Um, but it is not an officially recognized one, which I think she was sort of trying to get at. Yeah, she's, she was trying, she she's was trying to do the right research. thing, I think. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, interesting one. Very good, uh, random, weirdo tart. Good conversation good starter. Talk. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm going to pour some more and let this breathe and see what happens. I'm not drinking it now. Don't What's worry What's going to happen is your ears are going to glow and your head's going to explode. <sighs> not that much. Okay. Stop, that doesn't help. I'm not trying to help. I'm trying to annoy you. Oh, Jeff Z asked us several questions. Um, and, uh, but, you know, so we had to pick a couple of them and spread them out. Uh, this one was, what do your wives wear when the two of you go out? Do they wear slacks, skirts, dresses, kilted skirts? Does she ever match a tartan or what you're wearing? So. What do our wives wear? Um, it's... My wife won't be seen with me in public, so it's a non-issue. That's a fair point. It's very fair. Um, it's we're my wife does not do the matchy matchy thing necessarily. Um, tone maybe, but not matchy matchy. Um, and she is her own person. She's her own individual. I don't try to control what she wears any more than she tries to control what I wear. But what about for fun? Would she ever do? For fun, um, she if now it, it depends on the event, um, so I'll put it that way. Mm -hmm. um, for our wedding, I had on the Scott Green weathered tartan, and for the and so did the groomsmen. For the brides side, the bridesmaids, they all wore Stuart weathered, uh, Stuart dress weathered because it matched tonally with the Scott Green weathered. So it all kind of tied together, even though it was two different tartans, it worked. Um, if we go to an event where we both have to, like a, a black tie kind of event, not that we really go to that many black tie events, but if I go to a black tie event, I will, she will probably wear something to tone well with what I am wearing, not necessarily match, but at least go with it. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. so we don't clash. So we look like we belong together, although we are not, you know, <laughs> The Kramers, um, good customers of ours, who wear the exact same tartan every time they go out in their tartans. Um, so we're not quite that matchy-matchy, but we'll do, you know, intentional toning. Now, if we're going out to a date night and I want to wear a kilt and she wants to wear a dress, I don't care whether I'm in, you know, you know, 
this kilt you know, I have on now, the Celtic Nations, or whether I'm in, you know, law enforcement, doesn't matter what tartan I'm wearing. If she wants to wear a bright pink and orange lily pulitzer dress, I don't care. Um, it's whatever she wants to wear and whatever I want to wear. I don't tell her, no, how dare you wear that when I'm wearing this tartan, um, and vice versa. Um, mm -hmm. So it's it depends on the circumstance. Mm -hmm. Thoughts, mm -hmm. enlighten us. Mm -hmm. Um. My wife doesn't match me at all. Uh, I mean, not tartan-wise. She doesn't wear tartan. Bottom line. Uh, she has uh, some Welsh heritage, uh, but she is a classical American mutt, and uh, she's just never really grooved on tartan. So we will sometimes play with color uh, to be complimentary, like you were saying. Um, but uh, there's there, tartans and plaids have never been really a part of her wardrobe. So... The clo I mean, we will, we will do the matchy thing in terms of tone of the event, you know, like we're doing something heathen, we'll both wear something with the brooms on it or something. Or if we're doing, uh, I have a couple of nice pictures of us from um, uh, Victorian and steampunk events where we're both in, you know, turn of the century kind of a kit. Um, but never does she put on a tartan to match me. Right. So she's her own person. So funny yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, how women have their own personalities and lives. Weird. Now, I I, now, that said, I mean, I think we've touched on the various options that ladies will consider when they're doing this. And I could see that if we were going to, like, a, if we were heavily involved with a clan society or something like that, I'm sure that we would probably try to both have the clan tartan on it, and, uh, and she would probably get really creative with it. So there's tons and tons of options. You can kind of let your imagination go these days. Uh, the most simple and traditional option, of course, is the sash, you know, for certain occasions like that. Again, like if you're going to a clan gathering or, you know, an evening event. Um, uh, but it could be as simple as a rosette. Or you can go crazy with it and do tartan everything. Yeah, so. tartan dress jacket or skirt mm -hmm. or whatever. Yeah, mm -hmm. Mac, tartan. did you have something to jump in with? With or were you just coughing to no, cough? No, I, uh, I, <coughs> I, I down the rest of my glass. <laughs> <laughs> that good, huh? Yeah. Oh well, yeah. What about, but, but let's let's put you on the spot. What about Brittany? What does Brittany ever do? Avoid me. Um, <laughs> right. She she becomes. I love my wife. <laughs> she becomes more of the. Um, of the, the pr protecting mode and like she will kind of watch everybody else um but as far as like what she's wearing it's just everyday stuff okay. nothing i mean right now she's a human submarine so it, right it's you know she, <laughs> she's gonna she's love pregnant <laughs> so human submarine yes um so with yeah, glass she... navel with a little kid's eye poking out yes. <laughs> so she'll love that comment but um Fair. Uh, it just depends where we're going. Um, most times, just jeans and a nice, nice top. So she's pretty cash uh, for most things you do. Yeah. yeah, totes. Yeah, yeah. Now I do know she's done reenactment with you, so mm -hmm. yeah. not always jeans and a t-shirt. No, no. She's kind of put that put that to the side since our first kid. So got it, got it. Right. Okay. All right, Mr. Mac. While you're up on the screen there, yeah. What and else do we got going on? Well. Something else, since we, we're on this, this theme here, um, Semi-Centurion on YouTube is asking, can you explain the origin of a grouse foot kilt pin? Semi-Centurion, so he's kind of there's a Centurion. Only, there's only 50 of them. Like part-time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, origin of a grouse foot kilt pin. Um, it is, grouse foot kilt pin is traditional. Um, it's hunting grouse is a thing in scotland they're not a big 
They're not big fans of guns in the UK. However, um, they do go hunting on occasion. Um, and quail and grouse are two of the things that they you know, mm-hmm. often mm-hmm. You know, go after as far as game. Um, I don't know. It's, do you know what the yeah, origin Yeah, I, I understand some people, have, uh, some people have argued that it was always meant to be a hat pin uh, and then was used as a kilt pin after the fact by some people. Um, you, you definitely see it in a hat pin <clears throat> form a lot if you, you, know, if you find it in antique stores and thrift markets and stuff like that. But uh, other than that, I don't, I've, I've always wondered about it. It's, it's a good question. I haven't found, um, not that I've spent a week looking for it either, to be honest, but um, I haven't found any solid documentation on it being representative of anything or uh, having a specific origin. Um, I don't, yeah, I, it, and it's possible it actually was a hat pin originally. But uh, I don't mind looking into it, but don't have a solid origin story for it. Yeah, off the cuff. Yeah. Yeah, not sure. One thing, if this is your first time watching the show, <clears throat> one thing you will learn about us. If we don't know, we're not going to pretend we know. Like, mm-hmm. we're not going to BS you. Mm-hmm. It's, we don't know. We would have to do more research on it. Yeah. So, that's our answer for that one is, it's historical, it's traditional, yes, Typically, the grouse foot's down. There's a little bit of a jewel up top. Yeah. It's typically warm with the jewel up and the, and the foot, the, the, the toes mm-hmm. down. Um, but I'm not sure. I, guarantee, yeah. I guarantee you it's probably a late Victorian, early <clears throat> you know, Edwardian to turn of the century kind of a thing. Yeah, That's probably when it came about. It just feels like a Victorian folly um, to me. But uh, most Kilpins are, really. So I don't, I don't, without knowing any other. Yeah. There's no in-depth thing that we know about it yeah. at this point. We'll do research. If we find something interesting, we'll we'll figure out a little video about it. I'll say this: I would say it should be considered day wear, not evening wear. I'll go that far. Um, I don't know. With the jewel? Uh, I don't know. I don't know, boy. Um, um, it's got jewel, but it's like a piece of dead animal. I don't know. It's, uh, it doesn't feel right. Full mask sporn can be formal. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I don't know. Just something about it doesn't feel. Now an ermine foot. Maybe. But How Herman's my friend? How dare you, sir? <laughs> you got. I can't believe. You. Next question, Mac. Let's do another one. Oh, do another one for Mac. Okay. <clears throat> All right. He's had two short ones. Okay. Trying to spread it out. Put him on the spot now. He's Damn so. It. All right. So we're no. I, I've got it here. <sighs> so James is asking, still seeking an answer to his quandary. Why are spawns one size fits all? Wouldn't it be better to have small, medium, large, extra large to better match the size <coughs> slash shape of the individual wearing it, as with the cut and trim of formal slash evening wear? Uh, I think this would make for a better fit. I will take that question directly to the sporn makers in Scotland and ask them. <laughs> um, I, w- I would say this. Um, I don't think he's necessarily wrong. No, I don't think he's wrong, but I think it's a market. It's a marketing thing. I don't think they want to make multiple sizes. It's a marketing thing, and it's a sales thing. Yeah, yeah. Forget them. Make They would make whatever we want them to make. Yes, but are you It's going more to, is, the is, retailers. Is, right. Do they want to carry small, medium, large right. of X number of sporins? Right. And then on top of that, specifically with the cantle of a sporin, where it's a lot more money. It's not just like uh, the the cost of a die to make one you know shape, a, a stamping die for leather. Mm-hmm. Um, the cantle is a fixed size, fixed thing. And if you are going to make a small, medium, large dress born, you'll need three sizes, mm-hmm. even if it's just medium and large, you'll still right. need two sizes of a cantle, which means you have to carry twice the inventory. Um, and Or three times the inventory. Yeah. 
and it's it's one of those where it gets it gets too costly and it's close enough already mm-hmm. um the th- for day spawns for other things we've had um we've had guys on on odd rare occasions ask for a slightly larger spawn or whatever because mm-hmm. they have big mitts just big old hands now what they usually are actually asking is not for an increased width, increased height. They're actually asking for an increased gusset, the depth of the sporin. They don't want it to be one and a half inches wide. They want it to be two inches or deep. They want it to be two inches deep because they got to get their hand in there and get their hand on more stuff. Um, on occasion, somebody will be just like, you know, Andre the Giant size, just, you know, six foot eight, 350 pounds, just a huge human and they may want a slightly wider slightly taller sporn if it's a day sporn or a semi-dress that is much easier to do if it is a dress sporn again it's one of those where it's the cantle is kind of a limiting factor of it yeah does that make sense yeah that makes sense I see what he's saying about proportion. I mean, we have definitely had some bigger customers where a regular size sporn looks small. Yeah. Conversely, we've occasionally had uh, very small stature customers where the a sporn looks large or ungainly. Um, I think maybe once I recommended like a kid size sporn. A large kid sporn, yeah. Yeah, for, for, for a gentleman. So um, you're not wrong. It's just uh, I'm not sure if the, the industry can support or is ready to support yeah, the options. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're yeah. You're already... We're already a niche market. As much as we love this, as much as we do it every single day, we're already a niche market. And if you go into, you know, too many segmentations, it gets unsustainable um, as far as a carrying of stock kind of thing. The, uh, yeah, I think you're right. It's even then, and I will also say, a a wider guy who is five foot ten would still look fine with a regular sporn, a regular sized dress sporn, day sporn, whatever. Now, somebody, again, back to the Andre the Giant, you know, comparison, somebody who is six foot eight and huge, they may do a little bit better with trying to get something custom made, but just mm-hmm. like just like size, you know, 18 custom shoes that Shaquille O'Neal wears, um, you're gonna have to have it custom made. Custom made is a lot more money. So it's yeah. there's not enough people on the huge o meter, um, <laughs> huge o meter official measuring of people. Um, there's not a f- enough people on the huge o meter um, on the on the far end of the spectrum to really warrant a much bigger size. Even if it's a little bit small on a big dude, it's generally still within the realms of acceptability. Mm-hmm. Mac, you had uh, something you wanted to say? Yeah, we, it, there's a comment here also. Some people are asking about like like tactical pouches and some of the more non-traditional um, sporns. Like how do they factor in the same thing? Because some of them are larger. Like they remind me of like camera bags almost in yeah. a sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's a lot. I think bear in mind a lot of those are basically just like pouch, molly pouches and stuff that uh, have been repurposed to make them look like sporns. They take they take a regular tactical bag of some kind and they throw some tassels on it and a couple of D rings on the back and call it a sporn. So or just use a street tactical bag as right, a right. sporn. Right, right. I'm just saying. I've seen people yeah. market those as sporns by adding a couple of decorations. Yeah. Um, they're going to be much more forgiving because it's nylon. It's much more loosey goosey, flexible. Um, so if that works for your situation, then yeah, absolutely, no reason not to go for it. It's, it, I wouldn't wear it to the St. Andrews dinner. 
Yes, it doesn't look... It looks like you're trying to <clears throat> either put your own take on a heritage garment, on a heritage thing, um, or you're trying to monkey around with the heritage, which isn't necessarily bad. I'm just saying it doesn't look traditional using yeah, my air I don't think they're worried about that. They're, they're, that's at the, the totally at the practical, pragmatic yes. end of the spectrum. Practical, pragmatic, yes. Yeah, like but I took the original question as more... I'm trying to do yeah, more I think he wanted, traditional heritage. Yeah, I think he wanted, Why can't I get for, something bigger? So he, yeah, I think he was yeah. hoping for a traditional stuff that would look better. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So, maybe, sort of, kind of, you may end up paying some more money, but it'll probably be custom if you want something a little bit bigger. I would caution, don't go too big, because yeah. then it get it looks comically large. So, again, using the Andre the Giant, Mollock's if foreign. you are, you know, 350 pounds and six foot eight, Maybe increase it, maybe, by an inch in the width and an inch in the height. You don't need mm -hmm. that much mm -hmm. to make it proportionately a little bit bigger to your frame. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I mean, you just maybe that there's a there's a traditional sporin called a sporin malach, which is basically like a very wide, they call it a lap sporin, because it's just very wide and it has a huge amount of goat fur on it. So it looks like you just like took the half animal and just like stuck it on in front of you. Um, and those haven't come back into fashion for a reason, <laughs> I think. <clears throat> it's a bit much, but uh, you never know. Never say never. Maybe Sporn Mollocks will come back. Or, or full-on full just, you know, goat carcass on your crotch. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Or like the guy with the Wookiee head, or the Ewok head, Sporn. There you go. Yeah. Maybe one of those. No. No, please don't. All right, All right Mr. Is Eric. It my turn now? Yes, it's your okay. turn now. All right. Okay. <clears throat> Han, you're in carbonite. Stop, I'm trying no, to concentrate. Never. Um, Brian Taylor asks us, how does set size affect the pleat size and or number of pleats? Very quickly explain set size. Sure. The set size of a pattern is where the pattern repeats. Um, so in the kilt that I am wearing, it's from like this white stripe to the next time you see a white stripe, which is just off, you know, or you know, dead center on the bottom there. Um, the, uh, that's the set size. So the bigger the set size, um, within reason, the bigger the set size, the wider the pleat, if you're gonna pleat the kilt to the actual set. Now, there are, now most kilts, most, uh, most tartans have about a six to eight inch set size. They generally fall within that. So if you wanna pleat it to the set and you are in, you know, average size guy, 40 inch waist, 44 hips. Um, you're using a seven inch set. Your pleats may be 0.9 inches wide at the bottom of the fell. If you have a nine inch set, they may be one inch wide at the bottom of the fell with the same exact measurements. If you have a six inch set, they may be 0.8 inch wide at the bottom of the fell. It's, it's kind of, it's the balancing act Alternatively, you have, you know, either pleats a little bit wider or pleats a little bit narrower in the depth or shallower in the depth. Um, where it kind of falls apart um, is the art of kilt making, is the mm. art of pleating. And Mac can kind of grimace and, and comment on this if he likes. Um, the, the Aberdeen Tartan from La Caron has a 14-inch set size. If I am trying to pleat to the actual set of a 14 inch set 
each pleat is going to be about one and three quarters to two inches wide. Mm. Um, and that is not ideal for making a kilt. And you're going to end up, instead of having 30 pleats, at like 15 or 17 pleats, which is a very small number of pleats. So it's it's very much the, the art of kilt making is in the balance. It's in the balance of measuring the individual, the size of the set, the size of the pleats, the depth of the pleats, and making it all kind of work so that it works for the individual and it, it still gives a, a pleasant look across the back. And if you have a super wide set where you can't pleat like Aberdeen to the full set, then finding a pattern within it and pleating it to, you know, random stripes to make it still look nice across the back or mimic the set without being the true set. Mac, do you have any uh, any other insight on that one, how it's a balance? Yeah, no, yeah. Outside Aber- of hating Aberdeen. I mean, <laughs> now that I've kind of got a grasp for it after doing it several times, like, it's one of those, like... There's certain tartans you get, and you just sit there and you stare at it, and you're just like, I don't get it, I don't get it. And then all of a sudden, one day, it clicks. Like, Aberdeen, I get now. And I struggle with Ross for a while, too. Uh, in ABAC kind of yeah, tartan. Yeah, and, and mm-hmm. that, that one, that one it goes a lot smoother now, too. Now I get to see that frustration in some other guilt makers as they look at it. One, being a Ross, too. You're not going to help them? <laughs> That's very nice of you, Mac. Um but no, it, yeah, it's, yeah, that one's fun. Yeah. Okay. Any, any thoughts? No. Or, no. Okay. Eric doesn't make kills, so I don't can. Yes, exactly. Yeah. All right. Was that yeah, you me, or Mac? That was me. All right, Mr. Mac. Well, before we read the next question, what um, what is, what are the tartans we're all wearing? What do you got on there back behind the old camera there, Mac? I there. have on uh, St. Andrews today. Earl the, of St. Andrews. Earl of St. Andrews. Mm-hmm. Very nice, very nice. Two-tone blue with a little bit of white stripes. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. And why would you be wearing that? <clears throat> well, I'm obviously wearing it with my Penn State shirt today. Rocking so, the Penn State Because mm-hmm. we, we got a game mm-hmm. on Saturday that we're uh, probably going to lose. But, hey, okay. we're, we'll be there. Yeah. <laughs> we will absolutely be there. Yes. Um, Mr. Eric. Alaska State Seal. My favorite. Lovely. One of my favorites, because blue. Indeed. That's that's a lot of blue. It is a lot of blue. Yeah. I dig it. That's light blue. Yep. Um, I have on the Celtic Nations tartan, which is one of the ones we designed. It is one of my uh, favorite red-based tartans. Slightly darker, slightly darker red than a like, bright scarlet. So it's hmm. still nice, but it's still got a lot of vibrant colors in it. That would look really good muted. You can happily pay for a full bolt. I, I will weave it. You guys heard it here first. Eric is going to pay for a full bolt of uh, Celtic Nations Beauty. Check out my GoFundMe. Exactly. Ian's number one donor. <laughs> the joke is, oh, hey guys. Ian, Ian our, uh, one of our kilt makers, Ian, has been bugging the hell out of me. And it's almost a point of honor that I won't do it now um, for this particular tartan in a muted color scheme. Um, so maybe someday... I'll, I'll leave that little glimmer of hope just to let him just hold on just that, just that little bit longer. Mm. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Okay. Okay. All right. Next you're question. You're going to do Mac, I think. What's the next one? Yeah, that's, we're heading here. So the 
Zombie Caddy on YouTube is uh, is asking about our, our our second favorite holiday, Oktoberfest. So now, around- is is Zombie Caddy? Is that a man caddying for a zombie? I don't know. Or is C- that a zombie? C a d d i e or d d y. Okay, d d y caddy. Caddy shack is d d y. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Me neither. It's fine. <laughs> so <laughs> they're asking with with, with Oktoberfest around the corner. Would wearing a kilt to an Oktoberfest celebration be too big of a culture clash? It's been done. Nope, I've done it. Yeah. Yeah, have at it. Yep. With the old, what's the what's the beer thing where you hold the beer out straight in front of you? Oh, I'm... Damn it, damn it. What is this? There's a yeah. competition. Um, Sly Fox does it. Jim, oh, okay. or hockey buddy, Jim. Yeah. Let's hear it for these guys. Come on. Let's hear it. 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 Uh, Mac and I used to play hockey together. I think Ian's participated in it as well. <clears throat> yeah, Ian's done it. He's um, lost to Jim. But yeah. it's you have to hold a beer. It's, a weight, it's like a weight challenge. Yes. Yeah. Like you hold a full thing. beer okay. out in front of you for as long as possible. Okay. And last one to drop wins. And my buddy Jim has like, swept the floor with competition for years. Hmm. Um, no, there's it's mixing culture, especially if you're like you're full, you're, you're wearing a kilt and, you know, Highland wear. You know, straight Highland wear to an Oktoberfest. It's fine. It's mixing the cultures. It's it's cross-pollinating things. It's, you're going to go there, and some dude whose, you know, family is off the boat German, but he has a little bit of this guy's ancestry, he's going to go, dude, that's awesome. You know, Achtung! I, I need to wear my kilt. You know, I need to get a kilt. It's it's all about just kind of mixing and the, the salad bowl that is America. It's fun to wear different cultural garbs to different things. I honestly believe yeah. that. I firmly believe There's that. A, we actually have a lot of German customers. There's a lot of German yeah. guys who work hilts, oddly enough. I mean, that's partly what, yeah. Then You're talking to two got of them. A, got a whole tartan for it, you know, <clears throat> German heritage. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, I wouldn't wear it with lederhosen. I don't, you know, I wouldn't. Uh, yeah. What about you know? lederhosen that are made out of tartan? <sighs> they wouldn't be lederhosen then because like lederhosen are leather. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, come on, Mr. German yeah, guy. You can emboss it and, and leather paint the leather. Yeah, yeah. paint on tartan on Lederhosen. Yeah. Now, the, um, I'm just uh, imagining this deranged childhood toy like Chucky. You know, it's like a red tartan jumper thing. Yeah, as long as... I would wear it with a Tyrolean cap. I think a Tyrolean <clears> cap <throat> would be okay. With the, What's Tyrolean? Is that Austrian like the... cap, you know, the, yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. the mount, Mountaineer's gotcha, cap. Gotcha, yeah, gotcha. That could be, um, be a way to change it up kind of cool. Because it's a short brim hat, so it wouldn't look bad. Yeah, it's the Robin Hood style kind of looking thing. It's close enough. It's no, got it's the, not. a little bit of a point. <sighs> no, I know what I'm. Oh, yeah, that stings. You're welcome. <sighs> the I'm mixing things now. Yeah, point. and centuries. Um, anyway, yeah, don't worry fair. about it. Just have fun. Yeah, it's well. I would say oh, this. Oktoberfest is really chill. <clears throat> yes, it's uh, a party. Yes, absolutely. Um, I would when I went um, and I wore a kilt. I wore my German heritage kilt just to kind right. of give the nod to the, yes, I'm Scottish, but I'm also German. So it's a fun way to cross pollinate cultures. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I, I don't, I don't see a problem with it at all. If you are not, you're, if you're not trying to mix it and be a caricature of one or the other or, or screw with it too much. Um, it's not doing a disservice or dishonoring either of the things mm-hmm. just because you're wearing a kilt 
and your your Scottish side garb mm -hmm. to a German event, mm -hmm. fine, have at it. Now, would you wear the traditional Birkenstock sandals with your kilt hose? Eh, eh, that old Ooh. German joke, you know, oh, socks and sandals? Eh? Oh, oh. It, I'm part German too, so I can make that joke. We're <laughs> Maybe. No, 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 just, no, no, no. I'm, I'm not a big. Okay. I hate sandals in general. I do, I, I do. I'm I sorry. I'm sorry for sandal lovers. I'm sorry, but Birkenstocks. It, now, kilt hose and Birkenstocks. No, I wouldn't do that either. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, no. That you are dishonoring both and hippies simultaneously. <laughs> <laughs> All three above. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. What time is it? Okay. Um. All right, so my turn? Yes. Uh, we're getting towards the top of the hour, so I'm going to try to make this a shorter one. Um, do, 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 do. Uh, Daniel Morgan says he's having problems with the Gilliobrog laces. They won't stay up. He ties the laces pretty much as we have instructed in past videos and tries to make them really tight, but 10 minutes later, guaranteed, they're down around his ankles. What is he to do? My brain immediately went to Derek Morgan, the the ska magnate from the '60s. So, like, if your laces fall down, buddy, pick it up, 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 pick it up. Um, the oh, that was horrible and glorious simultaneously. That was like the ska dad joke right there. Don't get many of them. Um, on a kilt show anyway. Um, it's not a lot of ska. Is there a Scottish ska? I don't know if there. I mean, there's there's a ska there's a ska scene in Scotland. I'm I was sure. going to say there's got to be. Um, but yeah. tangent. Um, the what do you do if your if your Gilly Brogue laces are falling down? Um, I would, without knowing the laces and the and the and the material of your socks, I would say maybe like option one. Make sure you're 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 pulling the shoes tight enough um if you don't pull your shoes snug maybe there it, it kind of in the wiggling of your your ankle back and forth walking around that kind of thing maybe it's kind of loosening the lace a little bit to be able to fall down hmm. you don't want to cut off circulation um but at the same time you don't want to have you know yeah i don't know um so a make sure the shoes themselves are tight enough uh option two b whatever number i'm on letter um i would say Check the, the laces themselves. If, I don't know whether you bought the Gillies from us, whether you bought it from somebody else. Um, I don't know the style of laces because we carry two different types of, you know, two different brands of Gilliebrogues. Um, look at the laces. If the laces are like smooth or dress dressy kind of laces mm -hmm. or, or mm -hmm. not like grippy, not cotton, mm -hmm. maybe look to replace the laces with something that'll grip the hose a little bit better. Mm -hmm. Perhaps. Something a little more nap to it. Yeah, a little bit Not more now. So waxed yeah. rat taily or whatever. Exactly. Okay. Now I don't. I have never seen Gilly Brogues with like waxed dress laces yeah, yeah, in them. Yeah. Um, but replacing Gilly Brogue laces is not a difficult thing. I want to say the length of the laces is either seventy-two or ninety-six or whatever inches. So it's it's like standard boot length. So you it's it's a standard length that you can get at a regular store. So then all you do is just pull the tassel back a little bit. There's a knot underneath the tassel. Untie it, pull the tassel off, and then you know swap out the laces for something that may grip your socks a little bit better. But outside of that, maybe try tying them a little bit lower, maybe two inches above the center column thing mm -hmm. versus mm -hmm. 
five inches above the center column. That's kind of where so I was it's going. Lower on the leg. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. we usually say um, the laces should be on the more cylindrical part of your ankle lower. towards the calf. Once you get up onto the calf muscle, then it's an inverted cone. Things are going to fall off. So you may have thick calves, uh, something like that. I don't know. But uh, some kind of an alternative tying style, maybe going around the leg a couple more times instead of crisscrossing once and then tie might work better. Um, reduce the altitude, basically. I mean, kind of lean into the fact that they want to fall down is, is kind of where I'm going. Um, nuclear option is you don't have to wear ghillie brogues. They are, they are a symbolic thing. They are a survival thing. They look pretty cool with a kilt that kind of help complete the outfit, but you don't have to wear them. So don't feel bad if that particular piece of the fashion is not working for you. Yeah, if there's um, the the two parts of the outfit, I will say that if I'm, if, you know, gun to my head, you have to leave off two parts of the outfit. I would first leave off the skin do. <coughs> next, I would leave off either kilt pin or ghillie brogues, um, probably ghillie brogues next. Um, and I have issues with my feet on occasion from arthritis, so I tend to wear a, a cushier sole pair of wingtips on occasion unless I'm really getting gussied up and I'm able to sit down for a while, then maybe I'll put on a pair of ghillie brogues. So it's kind of, it's form follows function. If it's going to keep falling down, you're not having luck for certain reasons. As Eric said, it, you know, sack it, just go with a pair of uh, wingtips. Yeah, if it bugs you, don't, you yeah. don't have to deal with it. Yeah, it's not, not, it's not like you're foregoing the kilt or right. you're wearing a right. Saxon jacket with a kilt or you're forgetting the sporn or something like that. It's not, it's not a cardinal sin. It's a minor sin, not a cardinal sin. I wouldn't even say it's a sin. You're not out of uniform. Yeah. But I would try, I would try, yeah, maybe multiple ties a little lower down. Play around with it. Invent your own look. Yeah. Kind of. Simplify it. Indeed. All yeah. right. All right. Mr. Mack. Well, before we get to the next question, we should probably do... It's that time again, kids. <laughs> All right, our ambassador this session is Lewis Collingwood. Lewis has been a friend of ours on the Kilson Culture Group for a long time, and he is absolutely a serial kilter. Um, Work-wise, he works as a maintenance supervisor at the world-famous Hot Pocket Factory. I don't know how he stays so thin. Um, his education is from Moorhead State University, where he has an engineering degree. Um, his heritage is basically uh, both Scottish and Irish roots, in, uh, on the Scottish side in Klein Mackay and also Anderson. A uh, curious anecdote from that is that his mom find out, found out that some of their ancestry goes back to the Black Duncan, uh, Campbell Laird of Glenorchy, seventh Laird of Glenorchy. Um, they, they, apparently that guy was really into architecture, so they thought that was kind of cool. Um, so about five years ago now, he uh, because he's of his interest in his heritage, he got into kilting and he basically hasn't looked back since. He, uh, he calls tramp pants uh, uh, torture tubes. Yep. You know, so, um, but he was inspired because he's got a couple of great quotes I'm going to give you. Um, Our heritage and family means everything to me. I think it's so important to know where my family came from and the struggles they faced. This is, this is like my line. This is my thing. Um, if it weren't for them, I would not be here. Carrying on family traditions is how we keep the past alive and do not let it become just a memory. Words to live by. Um, as far as kilts themselves are concerned, he just loves the versatility. Basically, it's it, it looks great no matter what you're doing. It looks uh, looks great and it's comfortable no matter what you're doing. 
And this guy does a lot of different things. He's basically, he's a woodworker. You may have seen pictures of his uh, whiskey cabinets that he makes, which are really cool. Um, he loves to travel. We have a picture there of him at uh, Epcot. You know, they go all over the country. He's a motorcyclist, although he did point out he does not wear the kilt. When he's motorcycling, he will bring a kilt with him in his pack and then switch into it once he gets to his destination. He does not wear the kilt while riding the motorcycle. Um, and he's a, he's a hiker. And like so many other people have said, basically he loves the feel of a kilt outdoors for hiking. So um, I asked him what his, uh, oh, and of course, visiting whiskey distilleries. He's from Kentucky. Uh, and his grandfather was actually a, a shiner. Oh, nice. He does not he does not distill himself, but he's definitely he's definitely a whiskey guy. Um, very good source of opinions and data on that. If you ever want to, if you ever meet him on the on the group, if you have a whiskey question, go ahead and ask him. Um, I really liked what he had to say about uh, getting into kilts if you're a new person too, which was um, <clears throat> quote, "I would tell any new kilter to simply enjoy wearing your kilt." If you're looking for a reason to wear your kilt, that reason is life. You don't have to have a special occasion just to wear them. But at the same time, you should do your best to learn a bit about the history of where the kilt you're wearing came from. That shows your respect for the culture, no matter what your background is. Everyone can look great in a kilt, and for me, wearing my kilts has made me a much more confident person in life. So be the best looking you, and put on that kilt. Yay. Yeah. Yeah, he's living it. Yeah, he, he's right. You he's a renaissance need, man. Yes, you don't need a reason to wear a kilt. You don't need a reason to get dressed up. It's your chosen garment of choice for the day, for the week, for life, whatever. Just get out there and do what you do. Be happy, wear a kilt. Enjoy that connection to the past. Exactly. So, here's to you, Lewis. Yes, Good absolutely. to know you. Sláinte. Sláinte. See, now I, need to, now I need to drink the other because I... He likes whiskey, so I have to toast one with whiskey. I'd love to know what he thinks of some of these that we've tried, actually. I should probably ask him for his opinion. That's something we should Indeed. do. We should, you know, we give num numerical reviews um, for a lot of these whiskeys. I'd love to compile them all sometime and then give people like the list of everything we've tried here, tried on here, and what we've scored them at, and then let people tell us what they think and give their own numerical scores. Absolutely. On the one to ten scale. Yeah. That'd be fun. Agreed. That'd be cool. And we should do a whiskey tasting someday. I would love to. That would be awesome. Yeah. It's once we have once we're through the COVIDs and we're allowed to do all that kind of stuff. Um, or even outside if we want to do it in the spring. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Is it Max Turner or mine? Um Yes. Do you remember? Thanks, Max. Okay. <clears throat> so we have Andrew asking Tweed Vest Hi, with a grandfather shirt. And a tweed color suggestions for a kilt with darker green. He's he's looking. He's got a black watch, a brown watch, an Armstrong, but the tweed vest with the grandfather shirt. What are your thoughts? Sure, the grandfather shirt's a bit casual, so I'd say if you're gonna wear a tweed vest, would it probably leave it open, um, just to continue with the casual thing, versus a you know button down shirt, you know dress button down shirt with a collar, um, where I would button up a grand a, uh, a tweed vest. Um, as sometimes happens, I disagree. I think you could button it if you want to. Um, my personal issue with grandfather shirts and vests is that I have a, I have kind of one of those necks, like necks that I have a thick nape of my neck, and my neck kind of goes forward, Neanderthal style. So um, he walks like an Egyptian. Yeah. Mm. Walk like an Egyptian. And 
I find that when I wear a vest with a grandfather shirt or any banded collar shirt, you know, low banded collar type shirt, um, the vest will ride up over the, the collar of the shirt and it drives me crazy after a while. I'm constantly like pulling the collar back up and getting it back into position. So if that, if, if your neck is shaped like mine, you might want to keep that in mind. It may just feel awkward sometimes um, that the, the, the shirt collar is falling down below the back of the vest. Um, I've worn it with a vest open, with a vest closed, either way, it's fine. Um, I think if you have a, if you add a jacket, then it may, may start to look a little bit weird. Yeah, I wouldn't wear a jacket with. Yeah, period. but with but with just the vest, which is all you're asking about, go for it. Um, it's it's a really nice, rustic, old timey kind of a look. I dig it. Um, yeah, it's just I don't personally always groove on how the the shirts behave on the back of my neck. Especially um, if you go to chop wood in the fall. I'm not rustic. gonna. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm gonna have a I'm gonna have a woolly pulley on or something if I'm doing that. But as for the as far as the color. What he said, black he watch, said black and watch, and brown, brown watch, watch and was the other. Uh, was Armstrong was Armstrong. the other. One. It was yeah, Highland Green, Highland Green. Green, something like yeah. that. Yeah, probably Highland Green. Yeah, something with a little bit of green in it. Yeah, or gray. Yeah, if you want to do the Scottish thing and you don't care about matching brown, doesn't matter. I was gonna say I don't, I don't, I never mind brown for yeah. this kind of thing too, as long as I also am wearing brown accessories like a brown sporn. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's basically you know don't go for purple. And I wouldn't go for blue, but yeah, the green, the greens and the grays and the browns will all work just fine. Yeah, yeah earth tones. Yep. Yep. yep, yep. I would definitely do the antler buttons also. Yeah, the just to keep the rustic look staghorn. going. Yeah, yeah, staghorn. Yep, mm -hmm. agreed. Yeah, cheers, Mr. Eric. All right. Um. Okay, Gabe Lynch is saying. I'm making my three kids kilts for our first Scottish festival. Great idea. Uh, he's finishing up the boys' kilt today. Aside from wrapping the opposite direction, what are some of the differences between a boy's and a girl's kilt that I should consider for making kilts for my girls? So he's, he's, he's got the boys' kilt yeah. done. He's going to do the daughters now. <clears throat> what are the differences? How much does he need to worry about? I do not know how old the kids are. I'm and assuming they're... Not and he's only saying kilt. He's not saying kilted skirt. He's not saying mini mm -hmm. kilt. He's saying I'm, kilt. I'm, I'm going to guess they're probably fairly young. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't worry too much about it either way. Um, let's start here. Men's kilts. Traditionally, men's kilts open on the right-hand side. You know, on the right leg. Um, the Are there examples of <coughs> men's kilts opening on the left yes the practical scots as they were may reverse aprons if the front apron is worn out and they're you know using old clothes or handing down a kilt or something like that um but 99.999 percent and i'm probably not far off in that number of kilts designed for men are knee length and they open on the right when it comes to women's kilted skirts there is no standard there i would say it's probably 40% open on the right like a man's kilt and 60% open on the other side like a women's or mm. you know on the other direction on the left hand side so there's no right or wrong answer with women's garments um, if you are making knee length kilts effectively for your kids I would I would take it easy on yourself and just make them all the same way I wouldn't really worry too much about it um, the the fun fact as well is if especially if your daughter is older as she outgrows the kilt height-wise, you can maybe pass it down to the son then if you've That's made it point. the man's way. 
uh, meaning opening on the right. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, I I wouldn't fuss too much about it. They're kids. Um, they're gonna be. It's a lot more fluid, a lot more flexible with kids' clothes for this stuff um, versus teenager to adult with this stuff. Mm -hmm. So what are the significant differences between a man's kilt and a woman's kilted skirt? Um, Just so um, you can, because we have sure. run into some interesting situations with that. <clears throat> sure. Um, a man's kilt typically has a two-inch rise, which is the area from the center top buckle yep. to the top of the kilt, where a woman's kilt is typically done um, tapered all the way up to the top, and the, the top buckle is on the waistband. Um, women's kilts open either direction right or left men's almost always open on right um, women's kilted skirts are typically below the knee so either like top of calf to even ankle length if you're going to go with a hostess skirt or something like that um, the straps themselves are like three quarter inch wide leather yeah. they are not inch and a quarter inch and a half wide leather um, and the other thing that's the most notable difference is a woman's kilted skirt the the depth of the pleats are about half to maybe the, the same width as the face of the pleat. So it's not a lot of cloth. A man's, a traditional, you know, traditional man's kilt um, would be eight yards of cloth, let's say. A woman's kilted skirt may only be four yards, three yards, maybe. Hmm. Um, depends on the size of the individual. Um, so it's the, the depth of the pleats are extremely shallow which makes it a real joy and treat to iron those, right, Mac? Um, <laughs> because you're, you're ironing a much longer section, you almost have to iron it sideways. Um, yeah, so those are the main differences between the man and the woman's kilt. Okay, there you go. If you're in a thrift store and you see something that looks like a kilt and you're tempted to buy it and you're a dude, you might want to think twice. Yes. It's the, or not. the depth know. of the pleats are the dead giveaway, the size of the straps. I think the, the size of the straps the is, yeah, yeah. Yeah, those are the two dead giveaways. Conversely, sometimes you'll find a man's kilt in a women's section of a thrift store or something because they don't know what it is. Yeah. And that's always funny. Yeah. yeah. Indeed. Cool. All right. Eric. Huh. What is this, that? It's cloudy. I put a what little... What did you do? I put a little <laughs> bit of water in. I, maybe just like... I don't know. It is a little bit cloudy here. I'm not sure why. That's weird. Um, I didn't put a ton of water in, but I let it okay. sit for a while. It is much better now that it's set. Okay. Do you uh, have any left, Mac, or no? No. <laughs> Actually, nah, it's all gone. <laughs> How do you feel about it now that it's sat for a while? It's better. Yeah, it's mine. It's I. I would. I would move this up on my oh, score. It's giving me the heartburn. No, I'm getting the heartburn thing down here. I'd move it up my, on my score to a four-two. Like, it's it's a full. It's not exactly high praise. No, no, it's 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 below average. Yeah. But it's still fine. Um, I wouldn't refuse it at a party. Um, but it definitely Blah. improved breathing a bit. Blah. Yeah. Still not great, but improved. Yeah. I can still taste the charcoal. It's just not that interesting a flavor. Even with the burn, I'm not I'm not yeah. getting a very nuanced flavor just from it. It's a lot of alcohol. Yeah. Yeah. And sugar. Indeed. So, sorry. Okay. All right. I think it's Mac's turn next. Mr. Mac. He's grinning like There's a lot of flavors just all in one shot. Right. <laughs> <laughs> So we have James on YouTube asking, could a kilt be pleated with one box pleat in the middle of the back with knife pleats to the left and to the right of the box pleat? Yes. Why, yes. It's called a Kinusi pleat. Or is that Kinusi or reverse Kinusi? 
That's Kinusi. Um, okay. Utility Kilt brand, Utility Kilt, is <clears throat> they use um, what's called reverse Kinusi pleating, which is the left side pleats like a normal kilt where the pleats go around this direction, and then the right side, the pleats wrap around this direction, and they meet in the back like flat with a reverse box pleat inside. Mm-hmm. So the pleats, the knife pleats center on the back, and then there's a box pleat on the inside. Kinusi pleating um, is actually uh, pleated the other direction. So the pleats wrap around towards the front, mm-hmm. and in the box, in the yeah. back, there is a, a single box pleat, typically eh, like two inches or so wide. Um, it's, I'm not a big fan of that particular pleating because it always feels to me or looks to me like you have a tail. Um, just that single wide pleat running down the center of the back all by itself. It looks a little bit off. Um, it is, it is a thing. It is existed. Um, it's found in the, can you see, I believe it's pronounced can you see, um, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, region in scotland there well, was, was a kilt a, there that was an example right, piece right I don't, know, I don't know if there were any other example but the, the specimen they found was from there yeah yeah if if i'm gonna go hypothetical or not hypothetical you know or, you know thought on it occam's razor it's a i would guess guess don't take this as bible i'm guessing or as gospel i'm guessing um it was a tailor a couple hundred years ago who was monkeying around with something different. Somebody came, I'm taking today's mentality and kind of applying human nature to something a couple hundred years ago, where somebody came in and said, hey, I want to do a kilt, but I want to do something a little bit different. Can you pleat it so that it it comes around this way or or a different pleating style? So mine is different. Um, That is a complete guess, but that is my guess where it kind of came from why there is a historical piece that is an example of this. Mm-hmm. I was going to say similarly, or um, it was produced in a relatively relative state of isolation, and neither the customer nor the tailor were exactly sure what they wanted or what should be done. So they're just like, well, let's, let's, let's just do it this way. You know, they'll be symmetrical that way. It makes sense. It's symmetrical. And uh, they just, it was a shot in the dark, and the customer was okay with it. Yeah. Now, it survived in somebody's trunk for 200 years. So how often they wore it, maybe it wasn't that successful, but um, the style has stuck around. It's not very, it's not super popular, yeah. um, but there are a few people out there who make them and people do them. I think home kilt makers just make it as a lark. It's kind of just like, that seems fun. It's different. Yeah. So or, or, or people, as Lucas would say, <laughs> people who want the special, yeah. they want to be special. They want to be different. Um, they would do either, you know, reverse <clears throat> can you see or can you see pleating or military box pleating or box right. pleating or like, uh, there's a few different styles of pleating, but some people just want something to be different. Mm-hmm. Ninety-eight and a half, ninety-eight and a half percent, maybe even ninety-nine percent of kilts today are knife pleated, meaning right. they all you know have a knife edge and they all go one direction around the kilt from your left side wrapping around to the right. Now there are a few people who specialize or do box pleating, military box pleating, but those are uncommon and you would have to ask for it and seek out someone who's willing to do that style of pleating specifically for you because again 99% of people kilt makers just do the one style or they charge an inordinate amount for a different style of pleating because it's not the same takes more time 
because you're kind of reinventing the wheel. Mac, yeah. do you have any thoughts on the can you see pleating or the the sample thing? Or any, I know you like history as well as Eric. Yeah, I'm, I'm like I could easily be like believe that it's that was done that way or just somebody was trying something different or the other thought i had is somebody started making it that person died or left or went however whatever happened to them. Mm-hmm. somebody else picked it up and finished it and mm-hmm. just it they went the wrong way like <laughs> it could like be that that simple yes. yeah it's um, part of a suit the yeah, original can so, you see the kilt is part of a ma- there's a matching tartan jacket that, and waistcoat that go with it. Then it could be something mistaken. more of a formal. Somebody looking for something a little bit somebody, more formal they to wear. You know, cool at the yeah. ball. Yeah, yep. it's yeah, kilt making in general. The the evolution of the kilt. It's not a straight line A to Z. It's there's offshoots. There's people doing fun, funky, funny stuff with the kilt back then as there is now. Like look at like 21st century kilts making tweed or saran wrap or snake skin or denim kilts with pockets on the outside fast forward 200 years someone's going to look at that and say see someone was doing it um you know that existed for a reason there was enough of a market that a thing existed yeah um so it's not a a to z straight line uh, you know evolution there are branches off the evolutionary tree you know yeah, yeah. On the other hand, I think we always say in the historical community that you can't assume just because they could do something, they did. I had a friend who tried to make the argument that uh, you could argue that blue jeans would be period correct for the Renaissance because they had indigo dye, they had heavy twill cotton, they could have made a, a fabric like that, therefore they could have made blue jeans, therefore I'm going to wear blue jeans. I was like, no, dude, come on. Very funny, haha. That's a lazy person. But, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I don't want to. Well, throw it's just he's just trying to be a gad. I know. I know. But uh, yeah, so don't don't make those assumptions either. It's a balance. Agreed. All right. Yeah. Is it my turn, then. Sure. Yeah, I think it is. All right. Uh, Brian wrote to us and he said, uh, "This is this is, I'm going to give us props first. I really respect what you do at USA Kilts and specifically your YouTube channel. I am not part of any Celtic community where I live, and I appreciate the knowledge and connection your videos provide. Thank you." Um, we try. Now, the question. I'm wondering if you have any recommendations or insights on people wearing kilts for physical needs. Specifically, chronic pain. I prefer the look of a traditional kilt, but I cannot wear a sporin. So I resort to a utility kilt with pockets. I don't understand how people can handle a sporin bouncing on their tenders all day. Uh, do you have any thoughts, advice on wearing a traditional style kilt without a sporin? I tend to carry lots of things in the pockets of my utility kilt. Do you have any experience with tartan utility kilts? So there's several layered questions there, but um, he's in a situation where he needs to take the weight off or the pressure off, um, and uh, he's wondering how we think about utility kilts in terms of he doesn't want looking the, traditional. The sporn bounced on his ghibli boots. Yeah, that's part exactly. of it. I don't know. I don't know what other, what sort of chronic <clears throat> pain he's got. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't the, specify pain. What type of pain? Yeah, got it. I'm but, assuming it's you know that region. From what he said about the sporn. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there are different. I'm going to I'm going to broaden the question. I'm going to open it up a little bit. Um, there are different types of chronic pain or just pain in general. Um, the one thing that I found, I have uh, you know arthritis. I had back pain, and now it's it's controlled. But back when it wasn't controlled, I had an issue with heavy sporins or heavier footwear or things that were putting pressure on my lower back and hips. Um, 
So wearing a lighter kilt up higher was better for me than wearing something, you know, lower, i.e. a util kilt with weighed down pockets mm-hmm. or a heavy sporn worn down a little bit lower. Um, there's also people who have surgeries. We've had customers who've had, um, you know, surgeries down in the, in the nether regions um, or hernias or things like that. Um, and they can't wear pants or it's uncomfortable to wear pants for whatever reason. And I've made kilts for guys, casual kilts for guys to wear up high to recover from surgery, to go to surgery and not have to worry about, you know, hurting yourself, you know, just going about your day. Mm -hmm. Um, So yes, it can be done. Um, A traditional kilt, yes, you have a sporin. Um, But to some degree, form follows function. If you are physically in pain, then wear, don't wear a sporin. Maybe wear a belt pouch. Maybe wear you know a, a shirt or a, or a vest or something with pockets so you can put things in. Maybe make your wife carry it in her purse. I don't know, um, but I wouldn't be too too concerned about it. Um, yes, is it traditional? No, it's not traditional to not wear a sporn. It's sporn kind of completes the outfit. However, if you're going to a grocery store, ninety nine point nine percent of people in America and Canada and Australia will not know that you are not wearing it appropriately since you don't have a sporn on. Um, if a utility kilt solves the problem for you because there's pockets on the side or whatever, fine, wear a utility kilt. Um, you can get an under apron pocket on a, on a regular kilt just to carry your credit card and your keys or whatever. Mm-hmm. So there are ways to hack it to you know fit your particular scenario. Um, but I wouldn't be, I wouldn't not wear it because I didn't wear a sporn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've had uh, we had, we've also had one customer who we had to uh, Max addresses a couple of times. Um, we installed uh, buttons so you could use braces with the kilt because you could not have any pressure at all on his abdominal region because of surgery. So um, he wanted to wear a kilt, but it needed to hang loosely so he wasn't putting pressure in the midsection. So he did the braces. Um, you can find a hack that works. It sounds like for the for the the time being, you found a hack that works for you. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. How do you feel about wearing a sporn off to the side? If you're worried about, if you can't have it in contact with your groin area, your like your your bladder area, groin area, or something like that, sensitive. Could, without wearing a sporn to the side, maybe. I mean, that sort of gets towards the belt pouch thing you're talking. About. I mean, maybe to the side, but tighten up the chain so it's hanging a little higher, kind of like a belt pouch. Or mm-hmm. wear wear one of the old timey sporns that hangs from your belt. Um, yeah, there's some medieval style belt pouches that look pretty yeah, cool. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, maybe, maybe wear it to the side. It's my my asymmetrical, you know, OCD. You know, it must everything be a mirror image of itself right down the center. Um, worrying about the gig line, um, I want it to be centered. Period. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, <clears throat> I wouldn't let it stop me. Like it's. Yeah. I, yeah. I am an immovable force moving forward at all times. I would not let a, a personal injury, disability, no matter what it is, serious, long-term, short-term, it, it doesn't matter. I would still just power through it and go, period. Um, so, and if someone has something to say about it, F you, I have a hernia. Like, yeah, yeah. I yeah. wouldn't, I wouldn't, wouldn't stress over it. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, Yes. I was gonna say my thought was especially about the weight. If like the weight and the sporn are an issue, what about like the some of the the sporns like pipe bands use, where it's just like the kind of like the fake front type thing, 
that just has oh, the, yeah. the fur. Like the old style yeah, it's, falsy I mean, ones that the pipe bands use. It saves on some weight. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, a, they're impractical. For, the sporin Mac is talking about is like a horsehair sporin. Traditionally, old-timey, um, the horsehair sporins didn't really have a pouch attached to them. It was just a flat panel back. And then maybe a little tiny depth pocket for like credit cards and license. There wasn't a lot. Um, that's what he's referring to. It still adds weight. So, and it's, you know, on on the crotch region. I see what he so, said. It, it, it makes sense to me. It could help. It could, it could be the, the but, answer for somebody. Yes, it could be, but I'm not going to spend several hundred dollars on a horsehair sporn to find out it doesn't work. Um, I would know that going in. Yeah. Um, but it's, I would just, I would shift it to the side. Um, I would probably wear a sporn strap so that you can, you know, move it easier yeah, versus sporn chain. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't fuss too much about it. I would just be me and, you know, yeah, consequences there's, there's, be there. Um, and it's, it's worth noting that uh, there's a reason why in the 19th century they developed jackets that have lots of pockets in them. It's because guys used those pockets to carry stuff. You didn't necessarily carry as much in your trouser pockets back then. You had various pockets on your vest, on your jacket for carrying your gear. So if it's not too hot, you have that. You always have that option too. And and without a sporin, you can still look really sharp with the kilt and some nice tweeds and stuff. So if you're wanting to dress up, you know you can play it that way too. I I I still. I hate the look of a kilt of, of a tartan you. kilt without a sporin. Okay, that's you. Because but. it's it's the the tradition of it is ingrained in my mind. But again, if I'm I would still have something on, I would just shift it probably. That's probably mm -hmm. the best best advice would be shift it to the side a bit so that it's not hitting the sensitive area. If that's if that's in fact the the source of the discomfort. Yeah. Um now to his second part of his question. Uh what do we think about utility kilts with tartan in them. Rocky. Um, now, personally, personally... Oh, such a stick in the mud. I don't care. <laughs> um, give me three more scotches and I'll give you my real opinion. Now, the... Um, I'm, I'm like not, you didn't just now? I know. <laughs> Unbridled. Okay. Um, no, it's... I'm not a fan of utility kilts with tartan. Person. Well, I don't know. It, it, utility kilts with tartan... It's 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 a bit crossing the streams, like the pockets on the sides. It, it's a bit crossing the streams. I can deal with it. It's the I know you. I know where you're going. I see what you're saying. I already know where you're gonna go. I'm gonna Moi. disagree anyway. Um, yes, you, you, buddy boy. What am I going um, to say? The I hate the the tartan insets in a solid color kilt. I know mm -hmm. we disagree on this. Mm -hmm. um, the the tartan inserts on a on a utility kilt. I cannot. I just can't do it. I, I yeah. do not like it. It's okay. Nope. I think you nope. just need to you just need to live with that feeling for a while, Rocky. And I've lived with that feeling come, for come a while. Yeah, I okay. haven't come to terms right. with it. I still don't okay. like it. Well, yeah, a little um, more work. It's it's we can it's take it up in group. One later. or the other, not both. Just go right. I, I, down I, that road or me, that road. Me, that road. Let me or summarize. Let me but, just. But hold on one minute. Okay, go ahead. You, you notice one thing though, that the two of us who have made kilts that are in this room are going to agree on that from the amount of work that has to be done mm. to make that happen. That's a fair point as well. <laughs> it is a lot more work. Yes. Um, I will simply say that I like the concept. I do not like the execution. The only times I've seen it done, it looks like ass. Um, because you got two different kinds of fabric you're using. It's invariably a project that's been done 
overseas and uh, they're not using the most high quality product uh, uh, materials rather and uh, what happens is you have uh, things looking rumply and wishy-washy mushy especially the tartan will look mushy and the canvas or, or whatever they're using for the rest is you know the cotton looks kind of wrinkly um, I feel like there's room for it to be a cool thing it's just never been done well so I will say that's this. my that's my thinking on it it's not just done overseas. There's okay. uh, built kilt out of Canada. Um, there's okay. uh, most Hadrian's of the, most out of Canada. Of the ones there, there are people. How many are North of Hadrian's making though? Really? I, I, no, I'm not them. I thought they're they, mostly doing traditional stuff. But now they are. Yeah. Um, there, tell, there are. You guys can tell us. But. There are, there are, other non third world countries okay. that are making them most but of not the one, many most not of the many. ones i've seen have not been executed well you know why there's not many because hmm. they suck all right if you like them i'm sorry we disagree on this particular thing but you're wrong um to to round out the point if utility kills are what work for you because of body issues yeah you can always find other ways to incorporate heritage elements into it let the let the kilt be a simple thing Go with those pockets. That's fine. They're working for you. You can use a tartan tie. You can use other elements of, of the outfit, perhaps, to to heritage it up. And I have no problem with wearing a kilt pin on a utility kilt either, for the record. So One more way to make a utility kilt more of a heritage thing. Mm -hmm. Half kilt. The old Verilas. Yeah. Half kilt. I know, I know you love them. Yeah. So do I. Yeah. I just think they should be worn at the back, like those you know, snow trooper things. I forget what they're called. Do you know what they're called? No. Yeah. There's a name for them. Burn it. Kill it with fire. Yeah. Nope. All right. We have definitely right. shaggy dog this Yes, one. indeed. <laughs> All right. Who is I hope that? that? I hope that helps. That was that was me. That was you. Okay. Yeah. I hope that helps. And and it doesn't. Keep on, keep we're on insulting, keeping on, man. But we're fine. Yeah. No. Do what you got to do. Yeah. Form follows function. Period. Find a way to enjoy it. Yes. Yeah. Mr. Mac. All right. So we have Daryl asking. What would be the most appropriate kilt outfit for a wedding that will take place from 4 p.m. to 10 p.m.? He's got a cutoff time on this at 10 p.m. It's going to turn into a pumpkin. A, a day tweed jacket, vest, or an argyle jacket and vest. Is he going to the wedding or is he in the wedding? Uh, that it doesn't say. It just says appropriate outfit for a wedding. The invitation does indicate cocktail attire. Oh, well then I would definitely do... Well... I wouldn't do tweed. I would do a Barathea cloth jacket, like a, a Wallace jacket, or possibly an Argyle. Although, as okay. we pointed out, Argyles are not as traditional as as some people think. Um, it's not cocktail hour is too casual for a pinch Charlie. So I think a, agreed. I would I would go with a Wallace jacket. Agreed. I'm not or you're... a Barathea. Yeah, either a Wallace, which is a contemporary version, if you will, of a Prince Charlie, or check that of a uh, of an Argyle, um, or an Argyle jacket. Um, the I'm I'm always I'm always suspect of American wedding invitations, knowing what oh, yeah. actual formal, actual cocktail attire, actual you know definitions of these things are. So I. <laughs> No invitation survives contact with the enemy. <laughs> yeah, um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't not wear a a nice tweed or like a gray Braemar 
Like it's not tweed, but it's like I an. Yes. In this country, probably people wouldn't. That's where I'm going with it. It's how many I people. Think, you'll yeah. still have people dressing up in you know jeans. They're they're nicest pair of jeans and t-shirt. Um, we do not know what social context he lives in. Hundred percent so. true. Um, the correct answer is argyle, Wallace jacket, that kind of thing. Mm. If what you have is a nice tweed jacket and vest, and you're wearing a kilt, I wouldn't. And you don't want to spend the money on an argyle or something like that. I you could probably get away with it. That's where I would go. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I would. Meh. Yeah. 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 Whatever. Uh, yeah. It's, I think. I think. The, the 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 further in the day you get, the less you want to be fuzzy. Tweeds are fuzzy, so they're a day thing. They're an outdoor thing, you know. The, so when you're indoors and it's evening, it's cocktail your cocktail hour and after you're elegant, you're a gentleman, you're a noble, you know. So so you it's want the you want the smooth cloth, you want the Barathea. Um, I think if you don't like the cut of a Wallace jacket and you want. Uh, an argyle, you could get a custom argyle that does not have the chrome buttons. So you could kind of tone it down, make it a little bit more your own. Just do like black buttons or regular suit buttons. Or you antique. Could leave or off, yeah, leave off the epaulettes, things like that. Um, but some kind of a, just a simple kilt cut suit jacket is yeah. what you want. If it was starting a little bit earlier, if it was like two versus four, say then maybe. Then the tweed would be fine. Then tweed would be fine. Yeah. Four, it was the ceremony of four, Mac, did he say? He's, he just says it's. He just said it was from four to ten. Four to so. ten. Four to ten. That yeah. probably. I'm assuming that includes the ceremony. Therefore, I would yeah. guess that. Yeah. 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 Then black. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Or 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 bottle green or something solid, um, not tweed, but you know a bottle green or a navy or something like that. Yeah. Would probably be That's fine. That's my as opinion well. at least. Yeah. I don't disagree. I'm I'm rolling back the tweed a little bit and going more for that. Okay. It's better to be overdressed than underdressed. So, taking that into account, yeah, I'd probably go mm -hmm. Argyle or Wallace or something mm -hmm. bottle green. And a bolo tie. <laughs> Never bolo tie. <laughs> we, we do have one guy, the Chuck, saying usually later in the day, the fuzzier he gets. So That's kind of where I was <laughs> right. going. Was like, fuzz, if it's a, fuzzer, I, I don't if care it's a what two I'm or wearing. three o'clock, you know, <laughs> six or eight of these, nobody really cares as much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, indeed. All right, Mr. Eric. All right. <coughs> better. Better. The dueling banjos. Better it. with better with air. It. Better with time. Better with a little bit of water. <coughs> All right. Lucas Smales. What's up, Lucas? I'm gonna, I'm gonna Yo Luke. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw him a bone here. Luke. I actually, I actually did this for him. How do you um, know his name is Luke? Um, I sense it in the force. I don't know. Um, Ooh. not really a question, but a request. Question he has. We are getting back deep into isolation and quarantine in some places. I need a bit of a pick me up. Could any of y'all give us a good reading of a poem by Burns or Scott? So I actually found one. I can't promise it's a good reading. But, uh, and I went with Scott because my Scott's dialect is for, for shite. I'm not going to do, I'm not going to try and do burns. I would embarrass myself. But uh, I did find you a poem. I embarrass myself all okay. the time. It's fine. <clears throat> this will take me a couple minutes. You ready for this? You okay with this? All right. And I'm, and I'm not Apparently off. Apparently I am. I'm fine with it now that we're doing it live. 
You're fine with it now. Well, camera. It's okay. It's all good. This is gonna be fun. Okay. Oh, I could do it formally later if you want. I can make a whole video about it. But... Okay. Okay. Did you say your prayers? Did you brush your teeth? Okay. Um, oh, Dad. This is by Sir Walter Scott. This is McCrimmon's Lament. And this is uh, based on a lament that was written by someone who uh, went off and was killed at the Rout of Moy in 1746. Make sure you talk near the mic. Okay. So like this? Okay. <clears throat> exactly. McLeod's wizard flag from the gray castle sallies. The rowers are seated. Unmoored are the galleys. Gleam war axe and broadsword. Clang target and quiver as McCrimmon sings. Farewell to Dunvegan forever. Farewell to each cliff on which breakers are foaming. Farewell each dark glen in which red deer are roaming. MacLeod may return, but MacRimmon shall never. Farewell the bright clouds that on Kyun are sleeping. Farewell the bright eyes in the dun that are weeping. To each minstrel delusion, farewell and forever. MacRimmon departs to return to you never. The banshee's wild voice sings the death dirge before me. The pall of the dead for a mantle hangs o'er me. But my heart shall not flag, and my nerves shall not shiver, though devoted I go to return again never. Too oft shall the notes of McCrimmon's bewailing be heard when the gale on their exile are sailing. Dear land, to the shores whence unwilling we sever, return, 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 shall we never. And there's some Gaelic at the bottom of the back. I hope you appreciate that. Very nice. Yeah, I go to bed. So the guy died. Sweet dreams. Yeah. It's Celtic. What do you want? You want? I had a love poem there too, but I thought I'd go with that. That was more fair. Gets you right here, kind of. Exactly. All right. It'd be creepy if I was doing the elbow thing, staring up at you, and you're telling me a love poem. Yeah. Might be. We specialize in creepy here at USA Kilts. I'm all down for Indeed. a good poem, though. Yeah. It's just like, hey. It's not just clothing, guys. It's literature, too. Yep. So. It's all of it. Mac. Mr. Mac. Well, now we're going to go into some uh, some things for your tummy. Michelle's asking, suggestions for hosting a Scottish-slash-Celtic supper, mm. wanting to invite friends and family. So, if you're having a mm. Celtic supper, what you having? Lots of scotch. Lots of haggis. Haggis is work, unless you're going to buy it. Haggai. Haggai, yeah. Depends on how many you can afford. If you can hunt local, uh, if you have a friend, like if you can do barter for haggis, and, and so that's that's always the best. Um, I'd do like a... a Neeps and Taddies is great. But the thing is, for, for, for us, a lot of the time, these things get thought of as holiday foods, right? You know, for like around Christmas or New Year's, you know, Hogmanay or Burns Night. But you could technically eat them anytime. They tend to be heavier... Um, you know, kind of comfort, uh, comfort food. Yeah. yeah. So I think knees and ties is great. Uh, a beef stew is is classic. A lamb stew is really good. Fish and um, chips. Yeah, if you want to go casual, yeah. homemade fish and chips is the bomb. Yeah. If you're willing to do it. Yeah. Um, but uh, so it's more of a party, like you want finger food kind of stuff that could be good. But if you want a formal dinner setting, I would personally probably go um, for for a stew. 
That's that's very traditional. Yeah, stew's good. I I'm I'm going immediately to alcohol, as I do. Um, what I would do is I would have a mini whiskey tasting. Hmm. I would have maybe if you're if you're trying to do a pan Celtic thing, maybe an Irish whiskey, maybe a Welsh whiskey. I don't know if they make Welsh whiskeys. I'm assuming they do. Uh -huh. um, may, you know, in a couple different scotches, or do a you know an Isla Scotch, a Speyside, a, a Campbell, whatever. Um, do the different types of whiskeys, uh -huh. and then you know give a little flight tray with just a little taste of each one, uh, maybe like a half ounce of each to each guest, and let them try their own. Uh -huh. um, and kind of give them a little a, a tour of Scotland, if you will, in whiskey. Yeah, um, I would say I will say that a um, whiskey part of the reason why a stew uh, or a heavy meat dish is good because is that you can pair a whiskey with it very nicely. Yes, is is, is part of agree. it also. Um, and I would find a pick pick one of the good classic Scotch desserts to finish it out. Um, Tipsy Laird is is a favorite of mine. Includy That's really dumplings. good. Yep. Yeah, included dumplings are really good. God, I'm hungry. Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> um, it is almost five. So yeah. But it's it's kind of a lot of the stuff we think of as like classic American meat and potatoes kind of food is actually UK based and some of it is Scottish. So yeah, I think a lamb stew yeah. and neeps and tatties would be perfect. I agree. But make it a a cultural experience, and that's it. Mm -hmm. I don't want to go like full on burn supper of like you know bring in the poems, bring in the music. Like, but if you want to bring in a little bit of experience and make it a thing, then I would say do a three or four whiskeys minimum um and then maybe bring in some music before you serve the food <laughs> <laughs> but right. make it a, make it a whole cultural experience and sure. maybe do one course from you know the 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 main course from Scotland the dessert from Ireland or whatever and mm -hmm. like try mm -hmm. a few different things and bring it in or you know stick with one country and just try out a few different things mm -hmm. and again these are traditional things these aren't contemporary necessarily mm -hmm. but yeah give it a give it a, a full 360 degree experience mm -hmm. make it fun make it your own right black pudding is, is really cool too if you're blood daring. pudding yeah blood pudding black pudding yeah no mm. no creeps me mm. out can't do it okay. can't do it okay but yeah no it's there's there's a lot of different stuff out there to add little tiny uh, experiences or flavors. Um, maybe if you're gonna do a stew, maybe also do a haggis, maybe also, depending on the number of people. If it's like four people, then yeah, do one. I think it depends, but again, it depends on whether you wanna buy the haggis or make it at home. If you're gonna make it, it can be a fair amount of work. But. Yeah, if you're gonna buy it, then just you know, spend the money, do it, get a good one, mm -hmm. done. I have seen I have seen haggis served as almost like a, a side dish sometimes. I mean, you can do anything with haggis, really, yeah. but yeah. Agreed. No, but yeah, do 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 a smattering, do an, an a la carte or whatever a tapas menu. Like do a bunch of different things. Like um, tapas. Yes, exactly. <clears throat> do a tapas Scottish menu, a tapas Irish menu. I'm spending all your money for you. It's gonna be a huge thing by the time I'm done. Um, do a few different scotches. Maybe do a couple different beers from different countries. Mm -hmm. Like just have a fun experience. Just play with it and give people who wouldn't necessarily otherwise try these things. An experience that they wouldn't otherwise have, and maybe you know, like yeah. let it, let showcase it, um, different different things that will you know broaden their mind. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> He's like, yeah, whatever, sure, fine. I'm just like. hungry. I'm. I got. I know. I've got lamb stew on the brain now. Indeed. All right. Next. Okay. Uh, 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 <clears throat> questions. That's that thing I do. Okay. All right. Uh, Jeremy Forsyth asked us a two-parter kind of 
Um, do you think polyviscose kilts, uh, that's a lighter fabric, will become more of the norm for kilts for everything, uh, with wool kilts being subjugated mostly to just very special occasions? And he was also curious if we had a new uh, tartans that might be coming out in our PV range, which is, that's more of a business yeah. question. But <clears throat> um, Polyviscose is polyester rayon. Um, wool kilts are obviously very traditional. Um, do I think that wool kilts will be put on the back burner or relegated to formal in, you know, for, you know, for the, the, the casual day wear of polyviscose? No. Um, the yeah. the one thing that is kind of the common thread through all of this is tradition is heritage. The tradition of wool kilts will be there. They have been there. They will be there. It will be forever. Wool kilts are the best thing to make kilts from. That is why they exist. Um, as there are more delicate or serial kilters, if you will, um, such as ourselves, um, the, you need cost-effective alternatives. You don't want to relegate a wool kilt to only formal, but it's expensive, so you want to have other options. Um, there, there, there's kind of a there's a balancing act with it. Mm -hmm. If you are if you want to wear a kilt every single day, I would suggest to you, good sir, that you get both. A lower end, change the oil, you know, uh, you know, mow your lawn in it kind of kilt, as well as some nicer wool kilts as well, time allowing. You don't have to spend five grand out of the gates just to, you know, to fill up your closet, but build your repertoire over time. So, yes, the wool kilts, when I first started, the wool kilts that I bought, I saved more for special occasions and then I wore more polyviscose and, you know, lower end stuff for, for daily wear. As I got further and further and further into it, I started collecting more wool kilts because I liked the, the swing, the hang, the feel of wool better than the PV over time. But I still wore those PV kilts. Now, now I have some wool kilts that are I will save specifically for dress occasions and some that I'll beat up some. But I'm you know 18 years into this. Mm. Um, if you are just starting out, I would say, Buy a few cheaper kilts that you wear and beat up and don't mind getting dirty. It's, you know, polyviscous, acrylic, whatever it is, wash and wear kind of thing. But also get at least one nice wool kilt that you'll wear for nice, you know, going to a wedding, you're getting married, whatever type of occasion. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> will polyviscous, I will also lump in acrylic or other, other material here. Ugh. It's fine. It's it's cost effective. I will lump in cost effective end and wool. Okay. Um, will those kilts ever surplant wool kilts? No. Um, can they be a nice way to supplement certain people's outfits? Yes. If you're only ever going to buy one, if you're in Scotland and you're you're going to get your good kilt for your wedding and for formal occasions, you're probably going to get a wool kilt. The guys in the Tartan Army. Some of them will buy the tourist trap acrylic kilts for, you know, going to Germany to follow Scotland and play, you know, that kind of thing, um, and swilling beer on and messing up and they don't care if it gets blood and whatever on it. On the other end of the spectrum, there's also guys who are in the Tartan Army who are in their 40s who have 
So right now what the Tartan Army is? Tartan Army is the people who follow Scottish rugby and football or whatever. You know, Thank you. Just I want to make sure. Particular team. Just want to make sure. Um, there are guys in their 40s who have their wedding kilt who don't get enough wear out of it, so they wear their nice wool kilt to soccer matches or whatever, and they don't care what happens to it. It's their way to represent their Scottishness outside of Scotland or within Scotland. Um, so there's a... It depends on your personal comfort level whether you want to have your 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 beaded up kilt and your nice wool kilt or whether you're just going to wear one for everything or where you are in your your financial situation and your journey and wearing a kilt. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of rambling, but yeah, no, I think I think um, there's always going to be a place for wool, um, and God's willing, there will always be a place for wool because we want to support the industry over in Scotland. Um, the uh, at some point you lose your awe of it. You know, it, it is expensive, but it's also incredibly durable. Um, and it's not as necessarily hard to k- take care of as some people think. So I think at some point you reach a point where it's like, why am I leaving this in the closet? It's a it's a cool, brisk day. This wool kilt will feel great. I love it. I'm going to wear it. And you just kind of, you kind of lose that, 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 that uh, fear of it. It's like, oh, got to treat it with care. It's delicate. <coughs> it's special. You get it over that. Um, so there's the seasonal thing is what came to my mind is that there's always going to be a time and a place for different fabrics because of weather and context. So, yeah, I'll go a step further. Well, you know. um, this just occurred to me um, when I you have, you know, you have your your nice jeans and you have your oil changing jeans. Now, the even the jeans that I wear, I have, you know, three pairs of jeans and. Um, I wear jeans when I mow the lawn because I weed whack and I don't want to have my shins all eaten up with, you know, with stones and stuff. Um, even the jeans that I wear to mow the lawn in are still, after I wash them, are still fine. It's mm. not like I'm screwing it up. Mm. So, and that's something I abuse. Mm-hmm. So, how often do you go out? Now, take out dirty situations like changing your oil, mowing the lawn, you know, things where you're specifically worried about something getting screwed up and you're just going to the bar. Even if somebody spills a beer on your wool kilt, you just wipe it off, it's fine. Even if it's a $500 kilt, it's still going to be fine. Ketchup, not so much. Well, even ketchup. Okay, fine. You just, you know, take a napkin and dab some water water on it. Cold water in time. Exactly. Rapid response. We are too concerned to a degree about caring for a wool kilt in all these scenarios where yep. something bad could happen. what right. you know, Something bad is going to happen 1% of the time. It's right. really not going to matter all that much. Mm-hmm. We are too careful with our wool kilts. Mm-hmm. And they're more versatile and they're more they're hardier than we are giving them credit for. And we, right. on this show, give them credit for. You can beat the hell out of a wool kilt and it will still be fine. I've worn this kilt hundreds of times at this point. And it still looks good. And if there's a little bit of schmutz on it, take it to the dry cleaner and have done with like boom, done, great. Mm-hmm. And launder it and it'll be fine. You don't have to treat it like this delicate flower that is going to get destroyed at the slightest whiff of smoke that goes near it. It's not that delicate. Mm-hmm. You can beat the hell out of these things and it'll be fine. Assuming it's properly made. I think part of the problem... The- Even without it being properly made, the fabric... Sorry. I'm right. No, no. It's okay. Shh. Got my blood it's up. All right. It's all right. It's okay. Um, I was going to shag a dog about this, but I'm just going to cut it short. I'm just saying. Yeah. It's yeah. kilts are versatile 
in what you wear with them and where you wear them to. The material is versatile. Yes, you should have something if you want to wear a kilt every day to beat up and that if there's a, a, a distinct worry, concern that something bad is going to happen, fine. Wear your cheap kilt that you don't mind screwing up. But outside of changing your oil, campfire, cigarette butts, whatever, wear a wool kilt. It's not that big of a deal if you can afford it. Mm-hmm. Done. Mm-hmm. I've never built a campfire out of cigarette butts. That sounds really <laughs> nasty. Two different things. Shut up. Okay. No, but it's it's I'm I'm He's still going. I am. <laughs> it's we I'm I'm guilty of this and I'm angry at my previous self. Damn oh, you, old Lord. Rocky. It's they're they're hardier than we give them credit for. Okay. And I'm done. Draw a line under it. I'm no longer saying that you have to be all hoity-toity with your wool kilts. You can beat the hell out of it. That's the purpose. I don't care. Done. That's it. New me. Here. New leaf turned over right there. Done. You guys Mac. remember at the beginning of the show when I said stay tuned to the second half of the show because it's going to get crazy? <laughs> there you go. More scotch. Yeah. Indeed. Mr. Mac, next question. All right. Since, I, since it looks like we're, we're winding down here. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> winding down. I don't know. I'm, I'm, okay. This, this one I'm going to go overtime will, tonight. Um, will, will, will go to your marketing side. Oh, All God. Right. So, Gary and Pam on Facebook. They know this is a little off subject, but they're trying to come up with a Celtic name for a line of custom pool cues. It'd be great if you guys could help. Do you have any thoughts? This is on the spot now. Celtic billiard cues. Maybe it's, I, I would probably go with with the name. I would probably do something like simple, literally like like Celtic cues. You play with the alliteration. I may go to heritage yeah. cues or something yeah. like that. Um, mm-hmm. What I would mm-hmm. what I would love to see. Please do this and then send me one for the idea. I don't know. Um, I'll send you the fabric. Um, a a pool cue with. Uh, tartan wrapped around it and then epoxy over it, you know, with the with the wrap handle or the leather or mm, whatever, mm-hmm. the cord or leather. Um, yes, I, I do enjoy a good game of billiards. Mm. Um, I have a, a pool table in my basement. I have a uh, uh, Muchi cue myself. I've talked about having custom cues made in the past. We have a couple customers who are custom cue makers. Um, yes, this, 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 this strikes at my heart. At my, it pulls on the heartstrings. Um, any good names? You're more of a, a wordsmith than uh, me, to I some got degree. Nothing right now. Pool cue. My only idea is to translate pool shark into Gallic. <laughs> Minnesota fats and Gallic. I don't know. I I uh, I have to I have to percolate on this one. We do have some, uh, stray cat saying uh, skin cues, like skin uh, do, and make it all black. Yeah, like use a like a, a a teak mahogany kind of a dark wood stain on them. Regimental cues is another one that's come up. Because you can lift the edge of somebody's kilt with it. Yeah. I, was, um, I wasn't going to say what the inlays were going to look like. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, oh, my. <clears throat> um, wow. Yeah, I, I I need time to think on this. Yeah. Um, But it's I like heritage idea. cues. I like, you know, Celtic cues. Celtic cues is good for the, yeah. for the alliteration, I agree. Yeah, I love billiards. Oh, my God, I love billiards. Snooker, I love all of it. Yes, mm-hmm. indeed. Mm-hmm. All right. One more from you, Eric. 
Give me a fun one I can I can rant about. Okay, okay. Uh, a fun one you can rant about. Yes, or get angry about or something. My blood's up. Mm. So you don't want a technical question? I don't care. You really don't care? <laughs> you want to you want to rant or you just want? I haven't had enough good rants on this. I've had like two rants today. They're minuscule rants. I don't know. I'll let you pick. Dealer's choice. Why did you turn into Beaker? <laughs> <laughs> me, 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 me. Because I don't I feel under pressure. Me, 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 me. Me, me. I thought I did all the fun questions already. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to like go Swedish chef and just start throwing stuff. And I have questions that are more for me, but not for you. So, all right, all right. I don't know. All right, frick. I don't know. Uh, Mike Mullen, if one were to purchase a secondhand kilt on eBay, a retired rental, something like that, what would be your recommendation for cleaning, sanitizing the kilt? Nuclear fortified Lysol? Or just a tub washing? I would probably... I would tub wash it. Um, you know, physically dunk it and soak it in water and that kind of thing. Um, the... If you're concerned about, like, bugs kind of thing... Um, I would, you know, do the old freezer trick. You put it in a, a bag and stick it in your freezer for a few days. Just, you know, kill anything that's in there. Um, but, yeah. I don't know. What would you do? Probably that. I would shell out for a dry cleaning, frankly. Okay. Yeah. Just, just if, you, if you're getting a really good bargain on a kilt that way, then get spend the money on a dry cleaning. Hand washing would be fine, but I think freezing it first would be good. Okay. So, yep. I'll give you one last question because that wasn't fun. This is this is this is, this is a total gaff. All right, all right, all right. Matthew Davis Jeffers, ask us which is better, Wawa or Sheets? <laughs> Wawa. And Mac, sheets. you can join in on this one. <clears throat> For those who don't know, there is a a, a rabid debate, a rabid fan base around our convenience stores in the Philadelphia region, um, slash Pennsylvania, I'll just say that. Um, Sheets is one company, they're more middle of the state-ish, Wawa firmly planted in the Philadelphia region, and I think there's a couple in Florida. Um, anyway, there there is not an actual question here. The answer is Wawa. Um, we have Wawa across the street, growing up in the Philadelphia region, there is only one, and that is Wawa. Mr. Eric. No love for Turkey Hill? Turkey Hill. There's Turkey Hill. Turkey Hill there's, ice cream? Yeah. Doing ice cream. Yeah. I, I, I will confess to being a Wawa person. I'm down with the Waz. Yes. Mac? So. Oh, boy. Here we go. <laughs> Bring it. It's, Bring the, it. it's so, a dissertation. The, 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 I'll start with Turkey Hill. Turkey Hill is great for tea and ice cream. Right on. Do the convenience stores, they're terrible. I know. Yeah. Um, I, that's, I, now, I can, can't deny. Can we all agree? But I grew up on the iced tea, so no Seven Eleven. Oh no. Okay. No, 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 good, they don't good, count. Good. No, the Turkey Hill iced tea. The only thing is running through these veins. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So Wawa or Sheets? I go. Go sheets. ahead, Lancaster boy. I go Sheets on this because Wawa. If I want something like chicken or something like that, mm -hmm. I'd rather have my chicken deep fried than having it done in an easy bake oven. 
mm. like the Wawa has. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. Wawa has mm-hmm. recently gotten fryers. Mm-hmm. Their chicken on the salads now, dude? Come on, broasted? Those those are good, but if you want like a like uh, the chicken strips that they have, mm-hmm. they're 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 terrible. Okay. Um, okay. the choice of roll pretzel roll that mm-hmm. you can get mm-hmm. and I can order anything there as sheets on the off the menu versus some of the things that Wawa like breakfast sandwiches you don't get necessarily the same choices that you can so like if you wanted something that's already pre-made but you might want to tweak it you have to hunt someone down to make that that change mm-hmm. where sheets I can make that change. That's called myself. personal service, Mac. Right there. Now it's made to order. Yes. Now I. It's also a choose-your-own-adventure book right. of ninety-seven different options <laughs> of what you would want on your. Sa- Do you need mayo? Do you need extra mayo? Would Do you, you like fries? Deep fries? Do you need fries on your sandwich? Would you like pickles? Would you like fried pickles? How about fries and pickles? How about pickles with fries inside? It's on the sandwich. Yes. That's not a sandwich. joke. They actually. Yes. No. 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 Here. Okay. Done. I got it. You ready? The creepiest, weirdest, dumbest question on the sheets menu. You're blowing out the mic. Don't care. <laughs> Red lining all over the place. Sheets asks you, would you like to upgrade your meat? What kind of subpar bullshit? meat are you feeding me language rocky language that you need me to upgrade it and spend more money on my meat no wawa just has good meat it's good would you like the the crap meat that we feed the animals or would you like real human meat if so pay more no human meat which yeah. menu is that <laughs> yes indeed it's it's, it's the sheet's secret cannibal uh, menu yes long indeed. pig barbecue yeah no that's it. No. Two to one. Sheets. <laughs> now, I saw an interview with the the uh, uh, guy, either founder or CEO, current CEO of Sheets. It's owned by a family. He's actually a very nice guy, and I respect him as a business person, but my loyalties will not allow me to shop at Sheets, nor stop there and get gas. So, no. Can't do it. Sorry. Wow. Indeed. All right. Question of the day. This is actually, this is for the billiard cue company trying to make Celtic cues. If you were to name a billiard cue company, pull, pull cue, um, what would you name it if it's going to have a Celtic flair to it? I want to know in the comments, tell us what you would name your Celtic cue company to give them ideas and you can't lay claim to the name or copyright it. This is for them. So if they use it, thank you, but you get nothing out of it. But tell us in the comments, what would you name the company? I would like to know. Okay. They would like to know. Help us help them. Indeed. All right. With that being said, boys and girls, until next time. Thanks for joining us, guys. Our podcast theme song is Gold and Guns by the Kilmaine Saints. If you have a question for us, you can ask it during our YouTube live stream the first Friday of every month at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. If you want to get social with other kilt enthusiasts, go check out the Kilts and Culture group over on Facebook. You can also find USA Kilts on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, or over at our website, usakilts.com. Thanks again for joining us, and until next time, Slanjava.